0: Does everybody know what time it is? Time to dust off those
1: bell bottoms and butterfly collars. We're going cruising. That's right, baby. It's grunt work.
0: <laughs> Al the single ladies. 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 Put your hands up. Hands up. I'm up on Tim. he's up on me. Don't pay Tim any attention. Just grind my gears. For three good years, you can't be mad at me. Because if you liked it, then you should have put a ring on it and engraved the inside of that ring with the words, Grunt Work, the only podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that will give you a side hug and send a polite text the following day telling you that you're really cool, but it'd rather just be friends. I'm your host, Truman the Okay Stupid Man, caps, and with me as always is my co-host Landon the Facebook Official Man, Solano. And Landon, you uh, broke me right off the bat. So Landon, uh do you uh do you come here often?
1: <laughs> I come here every single Every single week, and I do put together little structures with Swizzle Sticks <laughs> while we record these episodes.
0: <laughs> well, thats that, I mean, look, that's good. You got to do something to to keep yourself sane, <laughs> to keep yourself from falling into the the void that is uh, making this. I,
1: I, I also just have to have to verbalize how I my my mind's eye picture of your your talk singing this week of just. <laughs> Being with Al in a singles bar and putting your arm around his shoulder and pointing <laughs> saying, "L the single ladies <laughs> al <laughs> pointing the at them ladies. All. <laughs> I, I, he
0: and he's so distracted by his swizzle sticks, and i'm I have to tell him seven times al, the single ladies, <laughs> Al the single ladies <laughs>
1: oh, it just oh my God, that made me laugh so hard. I, uh, <laughs> y- you know. Uh, Beyonce Al, am I right, folks? Uh, okay, you brought me back, german <laughs> It's great to be here recording with you yet again this is, week. Is it? It is. But you know what? We have to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Or not housekeeping. We have to address a big news story. People listening to this episode, it's going to be way in the future. So you've heard that this is going to be old news at this point. You're going to know things that. Us recording this right now don't know, I, so and and we don't
0: we don't envy you at all. The the you know <laughs> not having to know what happens over the course of the next several days is a gift that we are treasuring right now.
1: Oh, Tim Allen's coming back as the Santa Claus, <sighs> and I I just have to ask, do you think he got jealous of John Travolta getting in his territory? What from that what from that one commercial with Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. He's like, motherfucker, this is my shit.
0: Why didn't you call me for that commercial? And they're like, oh, well, Mr. Allen, I mean, Samuel L. Jackson and John Travolta were in a rather famous movie together and they have chemistry. Uh, no, no, Santa Claus is my thing. <laughs> if I if I let Travolta get away with being Santa Claus, next thing you know, he's going to be driving around in classic cars. <laughs> I mean, um, how, yeah. how are we
1: going to handle this Landon (laughs) well I mean we still have to watch two and three before we even get to any potential series I know Uh, the thing is okay now uh, this is kind of how I envision what's going to happen is that by the time this series airs uh, if they don't get to it by this Christmas then it'll come out after grunt work is over wow
0: <laughs> well that's a deep that's a that's a strange thought the concept of grunt work having an end date within within I, sight
1: i know um so i mean we can talk about how we're gonna handle that down the line uh i'm not too worried about that right now um we can always come back from you know ghosts of christmas past <laughs> santa's from christmas past uh to come and, and do you know a few episodes pods of if christmas to. cast yes um my main questions right now that we don't have answers to that might come out in the next week, so bear with us, is what what is this going to be about? Because <laughs> well, yeah. we, we saw how the Santa Claus curse begins, <laughs> and if this is going to be a, a series about... Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. Scott Klein? I know, Scott Kelvin? Calvin. Scott Calvin, if, SC. If Scott Calvin is going to be... Handing the mantle over to the next Santa Claus, if that's what the whole crux is going to be about, then um, (laughs) Tim (laughs) Allen has to die. I mean, there's no getting way around that. Oh yeah. Oh shit. Do you
0: think? And also, do you think that it's going to be Shia LaBeouf who makes uh, Santa Claus fall off a roof? And that's like hinting that Shia LaBeouf is going to be the next, uh, the next, you know, beloved American. Where's that coming from? Well, uh, from Indiana Jones Four, uh, oh. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, <laughs> where they clearly had Shia LaBeouf ready to Poisoned. take the mantle.
1: Mutt, M- Mutt. What was his What was his name? Mutt. Yeah, no, Mutt it was something. Mutt.
0: His name was uh, Yeah, I don't remember his last name, and I'm Mutt, sure shit not going to find Bentley. out. M- Mutt Bentley. That's Oh, God. That's worse <laughs> than I could have expected. Yeah, Mutt, no, the I don't Mutt know. Clause. I was just guessing. Uh, I mean, I th- I mean, it is it is a valid question though because it's like they've already. Given more coverage to the concept of what if a dude became Santa Claus due to an obscure Byzantine and kind of grisly set of rules (laughs) like they've already so thoroughly explored that to the point that the the logic of the films kind of falls apart even in the second movie, let alone the
1: third. I'm curious (laughs) about how they're going to make that work over the course of a series uh Maybe I don't know. I mean, we haven't seen, well, at least I haven't seen 2 or 3. So uh, and we certainly haven't covered it on the show. Are there addendums to the clause? Does does that contract change over time? Can they go back to the negotiating table and figure out the stipulations of the clause to find a, you know, an, an out clause. I I have not seen
0: 2 or 3, but I've listened to the blank check episode about two and apparently there is super fine print and presumably even finer print after that there I, is I, well the the
1: title of the third one is the Santa Claus 3 the it, escape clause I, I, so spoiler alert for Santa Claus 3 he doesn't escape if he's still being Santa <laughs> Claus
0: in this series <laughs> Like like the fact that that in in the mid 90s Scott Calvin has to become Santa Claus and in 2022 2023 he's still trapped in this thing makes the original Santa Claus movie a really disturbing picture of a <laughs> like a man becoming trapped
1: in a prison that he does not well, know exists. That's why I think it gives it paints a whole new dimension on the <laughs> the little mitten of Santa Claus waving at Calvin like Bye bye, sucker! A sweet escape from this mortal coil, finally.
0: It's it, you know, it's it's a real "I have no mouth, but I must scream" situation. Like <laughs> death is your only escape from the endless torment of giving children toys on Christmas. I I, I have to say, going back a little bit in our discussion, yep. that you prefaced all of this by saying, "I don't know what information is going to come out in the next week, but what is the plot going to be?" I love that you're treating this as though the 24-hour news cycle is now squarely focused on. Tim Allen reprising his role as Scott Calvin the Santa Claus, like that—that that, that our finest investigative journalists are going to be interviewing writers yeah. and trying to figure out what this is going to. I don't think we'll know by the time this comes I, out. I don't <laughs> think there's going to be
1: any more clarity on what the story of this will be. Maybe maybe not in the next seven days, but I I would push back a little bit and say that there is just as much investigative journalism and and uh, demand from the constant. Uh, 24 hour news cycle of blogs and people who do give a shit about this on Twitter. Uh, and I, I put give a shit about this in air quotes for sure. Yeah, uh, that Disney would you know trail people along a little bit with breadcrumbs, uh, keeping them interested along the way. They're not just going to announce it that there's going to be one and then release it at Christmas without you know, giving a little bit of detail along the way, who's, who's going to replace him. They're going to, there's going to be a big casting notice. Uh, You know, how is that going to go? You know, they're going to, they're going to tease us along a little bit.
0: Okay. Sure. If, if Santa Claus was a Marvel character, I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but, the, 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 this is like the fact that they're making this series this series is being targeted mm-hmm. at dudes our age who had kids in sometime in the past 10 years like this is okay i i don't know then,
1: then who do you want to see who would you cast as uh, the next santa claus uh the next santa claus
0: um why not or maybe, yeah, no, Timothy Chalamet. You know what? I know that's kind of a cop out because he's like the biggest young actor right now. But I think he would do a really good job. Or I'm mean, well, Paul Walter Hauser.
1: I mean, yeah. maybe. I I'll mean, tell you a, who it's gonna be. Who's it gonna be? Uh, without question, he's the same age as Tim Allen when he first did the Santa Claus. He's a Disney favorite. You've been thinking about uh, this, haven't you? No, it just came to me. Josh Gad. Oh shit!
0: Fuck. That's really good. Josh Gad, or 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 what I would—I don't know if this is Kroger brand Josh Gad or if Josh Gad. No, Josh Gad is Kroger brand. This guy, Bobby Moynihan, also. Oh wow. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Like, yeah, that. Or, oh, actually, no. Wait. Do we want to make it really good? Do we want to like? Like yeah, if, yeah. If, if, Disney, if Disney... This wants needs some
1: spice. if Disney, <laughs> we're, we're heading on minute 10 of talking about the Santa Claus, so it, spice it up, baby. Okay,
0: yeah. No, if Disney wants to, like, coat this franchise in gasoline and set fire to it and just see what happens. <laughs> which is what I would like to see. Which is what I'd like to see, too. Okay, what I really want to see... Two words. Judge Reinhold. <laughs> Okay, well, okay, yes, I mean, obviously, I want to, Judge Reinhold, who already plays another character in the Santa Claus, they're just passing it off to other characters in the franchise, the, the child <laughs> actor who played Peter Boyle's, Boyle's son, <laughs> okay, uh, and not Brian Cox either, because we were just talking about him before we started recording, Bo Burnham, the Santa Claus. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, he's doing songs. He's being uh, uh, very meta and critical of the whole concept of being the Santa Claus. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying that's what I want. I want Bo Burnham to be the
1: new Santa Claus. <laughs> on Christmas Eve, instead of uh going around the, the globe giving out gifts, he's inside the North Pole just recording a, a new album by himself about how much he doesn't want to and the expectations put on him. Christ wasn't born on December
0: 25th, it's just a pagan holiday. The Christians absorbed there's something like that,
1: yeah. I think that's what it would be. <laughs> okay, Truman. Landon, we cover episodes of Home Improvement on this podcast, and I believe yes. that we did that this week. No, I think we did. I think we <laughs> some, did. Some weeks we don't, but... So, uh, the, or Some some weeks we do, but we don't really talk
0: about it. Uh, <laughs> Well, Landon, we did. Do you want to talk yes. to us maybe about what we watched
1: this week on the TV series Home Improvement? I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week. Save <laughs> yeah. us a little bit of time. We've had a couple short and sweet weeks, haven't we? When Elle finds out that his former fiance Eileen has recently got re-engaged to somebody else he realizes it's time to move on and get back out on the dating scene boom boom I'm wiping my hands clean of that synopsis that's all I got folks I I the only thing I'd say is I when you say re-engaged it sounds like she got Engaged to Al again. I she know. got. That's why I said to somebody else. Okay, to somebody else. Okay. <laughs> but then she just got engaged to somebody else.
0: I, I'm sorry. I'm not. It might, well, it, it might,
1: might be. Re- maybe they got engaged and then called it off and then got reengaged. Which would be even more salt to, to Al's wounds because she I, didn't I would really to him.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She she met some other dude, got engaged to him, broke it off, but then realized her love for him was so strong that she got reengaged to him. And Al's like, "Wait, we just got engaged and broke it off. What the fuck happened?" Um, no, but that's true. That's what happened this this week on Home
1: Improvement. It is. yeah, it is. And yeah. before we go any further, I want to play our little game that we play with people, uh oh. for our patrons. Yeah, let
0: me, hang on, just a second, let me, let me pop the cucumbers over my eyes, get the face moisturizer <laughs> ready, I'll just slip really? in my
1: sensory deprivation tank for the next 20 minutes of you hanging out with the audience. Uh, yep, uh, so we're going to play uh, a little game for our patrons over at patreon.com slash where uh, we are playing password. I'm going to say a, a word, uh, I'm going to put myself on mute so Truman can't hear me, and if Truman says the word at any point during this episode... Our patrons will get a free month of Patreon, which includes all kinds of goodies, really just current work nights. But uh, <laughs> what one kind of goodie? and how good one it kind is of is goody. disputable, really. <laughs> so, Truman, I'm going to put you on mute, and I'm going to tell people our secret word for today's episode. Do it. Truman is currently muted. I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week, folks. The secret word is negging, the, the terminology coming from... Um, the pickup artist community negging okay Sherman, are you there oh I'm there you know it, while I was in the sensory deprivation
0: tank I actually kind of regressed into a prehistoric form of myself and I, I got loose from the facility and was running around and uh, I think I, I, I ate like a deer or something in the park and I actually don't remember enough of the movie altered states to continue this bit so uh, I, I
1: was pounding on a doorway I guess yeah pounding on a doorway. Well, do you want to pound on the door that says guess that title? Yes, I do want to pound on the door that says guess that title. Okay. I got to brace myself. You you've really you've hit me in unexpected spots for the last couple of weeks. I <laughs> to this this very day when you were uploading last week's episode, I was still laughing at Rodney Football Field. <laughs> If Rodney football field is the only mark that I
0: leave on this world, I'll be happy about it. And it's and my favorite thing about if that is the only mark I leave on the world, it's going to be something that requires 20 minutes of explanation for people to understand why anyone ever thought it was funny. Okay. Okay. So for this this episode about Tim and Al going to singles bars, I have four options okay. for titles. And as usual, my computer goes into sleep mode right as I need to refer <laughs> so, to my notes. Okay, I knew you were getting there. Okay, first option.
1: Okay, Al alone. <laughs> okay, instead of all alone. Yes, I like it. Okay, yeah, you know, using in
0: next That's one. A good one. Swizz Al sticks. <laughs> I should have
1: seen this coming. It's gonna be an Al centric Gazette yeah. title game. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, you should be th- you should have been thinking your lucky stars that the last few weren't uh, like I will do Al puns even if Al isn't in the episode. So of course You're right. they're going to be Al related. <laughs> Next one. Cocktail. Now and and listen you fucking perverts. I don't mean cock like I mean cocktail, like the movie Cocktail about bars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tom Cruise. But with Al. Al. Yeah, yeah. yeah thank you. Okay, all right. Yeah. Last one. Next sing al and ready to ming al oh my god yeah a two into one yeah you're goddamn right i did because i'm a professional land and i take this job seriously um this job yes this i have you know the grunt work 401k etc uh. my my stock options in this podcast <laughs> fully vested um yeah, so that's what i got that's what i got what, what, that's what you got okay got. my
1: my my favor is toward L alone, personally. No, I, I'm
0: I'm pref- I, I my preference is for Sing Al and ready to Ming Al. Of course it is because there's two L's in it. Yeah, it, well, like you wouldn't like two L's. Our favorite character on the show. Come on. Uh,
1: it might be a little much. I don't know. I hey, mean, in I, this I episode, have to think about that, he's being <laughs> kind of extra in this episode a little bit. Two L's. Would I mean, be a lot. you you put two L's into one L. That's one thing. But if you get two L's separate from each other, interacting with one another. Then I have a question. If you, it, what what if you put one owl in a sensory deprivation tank and
0: then he's mm-hmm. pounding on a doorway trying to like reform <laughs> himself into humanity, folks? There's a movie called Altered States that I saw one time on cable with my mom when I was a child, and I have these <laughs> and weird, I don't know why memories. pounding on
1: a door is what you he's, <laughs> remember at, most. At about the end of it. the
0: movie, he's like he's like in the doorway of his girlfriend's apartment, and he's like trying to reform himself into human form, and he has to like pounding on the door jam and my mom was trying to explain to eight-year-old Truman that the whole thing is about love. I don't know, guys. I mean,
1: wow. S- wow. someone this watch is Altered a, States. A and ex- creed ex- Altered
0: States. Explain why my mom liked this movie so much. I'm not going to fucking watch it again. Why don't you do it? It's a good
1: movie. You should watch it again. I,
0: I mean, I, um, I've seen clips from it online since, and it's like, ooh, there's some there's some good imagery in that. Maybe, but I don't know. Maybe I will watch it again. Fuck it. No one watch should. Altered
1: States. I'm going to watch
0: it again. Based
1: on a Paddy Chayefsky novel
0: oh really oh really i didn't realize he wrote yeah. novels i thought he just did did network and screenplays and stuff <laughs> anyway um welcome back to
1: 70s uh, new hollywood cinema work your clue about this title is that it shares a name with a game show the dating game
0: ding 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 ding, 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 ding yay Whoop! <laughs> <laughs>
1: The Dating Game aired on December 9th, 1997, directed by Jeffrey Nelson and written by Laurie Gelman Truman. How did you feel about this episode? This episode... Was not
0: good in the uptight, pretentious sitcom structure, writer, douchebag ways that I always talk <laughs> about on here. Like, yeah. d- ooh, the, the second act uh, conflict. The, the, like, Okay, like the conflict is pretty low stakes in this episode. Yes. Like, like,
1: Tim, just tell the girl well, that are married. Well, <laughs> they present it as low stakes. I have some personal notes <laughs> that uh, I would argue about, you know, the stakes I feel uh, being 40 years old. And single. I am Al Truman. I have I have become Al. Okay. And 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 uh,
0: you know, let me just say, Al is the like best character on the show. Al who is universally beloved by the <laughs> by the fans of the uh show that he co hosts. Yeah. So I mean I don't know, there's there's worse things. Um I would so okay. I'm not saying that the stakes of Al trying to find love and companionship in his life are low. I say the immediate stakes of like, oh no, this woman thinks that Tim is single, yeah, but he's okay. not. It's like, well, that's low
1: stakes. It's right. easy. Like, whatever. Yeah, Tim. Tim's Tim's stakes are fucking well done. They're <laughs> they're. Pull them off the grill, man. They're they're black all the way through. Um,
0: With that being said, I I really enjoyed watching this episode. It was loads of fun. Everyone in it is having a great time. Richard Karn is turning in some of his best work ever, being clingy and nervous. Jill (laughs) is hilarious, trying to get Tim
1: all sexed up for the club. The boys are doing great zingers. Yeah, like it, it's a it's a episode full of boys don't have a story, so they're just there to lay it in uh, to Tim. The boys is the, always a fun mode to be in. The boys are basically <laughs> mystery
0: science theater 3000-ing Tim and <laughs> Tim's the rest, life. Of, yes, a, which is great. Which is, I mean, that's perfect. Um, so like, I think that this like just a whole barrel of laughs watching characters I know and love having goofy fun mm-hmm. together, which is what sitcoms are all about in the first place. Uh, my last point is that on a technical level, this episode was just fascinating. The level of... Bonkers. The, the, yeah, yeah, thank you. Okay, I'm glad you caught these things. Too. I mean, of course, you caught these things, too. You're Landon. But,
1: like, the... the the We're going to have a robust conversation about the moment that they enter that bar. Okay, you know, well, then I don't want to talk about it too much. I'm just going to say that the degree...
0: Like, I think that, that this show uh, is... I mean, after seven seasons together, the crew of this show are doing some of the most ambitious and innovative and
1: sophisticated camera work I have ever seen on any three-camera sitcom. I'm going to point this out. Every time you say that, it's an episode directed by Jeffrey Nelson. Well, okay. Well,
0: Jeffrey Nelson, congratulations. You are the Paul Thomas Anderson of sitcoms. (laughs) You are are the Emmanuel Lubezki. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know I'm referencing a director well, and a let's... cinematographer
1: separately, but whatever. I've I've got him pulled up here. Let's see what else he's done. Uh, yeah, I don't I... think we've really gone into too much of his stuff. So, Children of uh, Men. As... What? <laughs> uh, he did the um, uh, the special for Tim Allen. Tim Tim Allen rewires America. His uh, uh, comedy special. Great. Uh, he does the. Um, post home improvement special backstage pass mm-hmm. Um, after this and then he is only like he doesn't have any other TV credits he, he has one wow. more TV movie called Christmas Dream starring Tony Bennett as himself well okay so that seems
0: like another like that seems like it's probably just Tony Bennett playing the piano and some dancers or something right
1: well Lorraine Bracco and <gasps> Lorraine <laughs> and Bracco the gas dryer, Melissa Joan Hart Cindy Lauper Martha Stewart <laughs> Wow, I—that uh, is a dream to some degree. Wait, what year did this come out? Uh, two thousand.
0: So, so that's Sopranos is on. They just got Lorraine Bracco. It's like, oh, we got to get Tony Soprano's therapist hanging out with Tony Bennett. That's what people <laughs> want to see at Christmas.
1: He wow. has more credits as a uh, uh, opening des- yeah, title designer. Um, he worked with uh, uh, Jim Prater on Space Jam. He did the main titles for Private Parts, the movie Father's Day with Billy Crystal and uh, Robin Williams, Um, and (laughs) just, you know, why not just pop one to Left Field? (laughs) He also did Seabiscuit. Seabiscuit? Wait, the opening titles for Seabiscuit or the movie Seabiscuit? The main title designer for Seabiscuit. (laughs) Wow.
0: I mean... I, I don't know, like, I'm kind of bummed that this guy didn't, like, direct some movies, because he's clearly good oh. at this. Oh, oh.
1: Dude. Dude? He also... Oh, it looks like he did. Okay, so I thought it might have just been the last two seasons here, but looks like going back to the beginning of Home Improvement, he also did the uh, the opening title design. So he must have been working with Jim Prater to to get that style. But you know, if anything, we've said that the the opening theme song, you know, is a unique style unto itself. So yes. he's a- bringing that into his direction of the the episodes.
0: Yes, and the and I think we've also said that the opening titles at this point in the series are the best they've ever been. Um, <laughs> well, Landon, what did you think about this episode? Oh, we're still on that. Um, yeah, we're, yeah, we're still doing that, Landon. Now I'm asking for your opinion. <laughs> I, I
1: thought I gave most of it. Ninety percent of my notes here are me too. <laughs> That's about my personal reflections. Yeah, I, they're they're so integrated into the deep dive that I can't. Uh, I I don't know. I can't summarize them here. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, we can we can dive in then if you have nothing if you have nothing else to 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 talk about. I mean, because I'm sure you I have. Oh, I have you, one more. Yeah, one you, more thing to say. Yeah. What's the ten percent?
1: Give it to me. <laughs> uh, well, I, no, the 10%, I, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, some mind clutter, some brain farts. I've been a, a little, a, uh, one of the, the plastic things on the end of my um, blinds, <laughs> my win- window blinds. We're going deep, uh, got folks. S- got stuck in the wall heater at the bottom, and I've just been smelling burnt plastic for the last two days. So <laughs> the other 10% is like a little bit of brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if
0: if only ten percent of this show is attributable to brain damage, we're doing a lot better than I thought we were doing. I mean, that's <laughs> I I was figuring it was a much higher number
1: than that. Oh, anyway, let's uh let's put our minds together and come up with a unique and clever screen name. Answer a bunch of binary questions that required nuanced answers. Start window shopping potential matches and hope that after sending thousands of messages, we will eventually find someone with whom we can jump into the deep dive. <laughs> I, th- that, that, that just gave me PTSD and I just want to say that, <laughs>
0: that, that I'm here for you always and, and that I, 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 yeah, that I'm, that I'm here in Thank solidarity, you. my Thank friend. Thank you. My, my Thank dearest you. friend.
1: <laughs> Thank you. So, um, <laughs> should we
0: start this thing? <laughs> yeah, let's start, let's start this thing. We can, we can, we can hold each other and cry later. Nope. Um,
1: I just started the episode and realized I forgot to mute my computer. Oh, okay,
0: well, I mean I mean f- fuck it. You know what? I, if anyone is listening to these for copyright claims, they've given up by now. Let's just let's just fucking play the audio of every episode in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Now who cares? All right, we we start on tool time. Yes, Take we us through do. the scene. So we open the 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 only way that we ever want to, with just a close up on our hero, the light of our lives, Al Borland. <laughs> uh, he's uh, doing his hair, getting ready for the episode. He's chatting with Heidi, who mentions that she bumped into Eileen, his ex fiancee, at the health club. Uh, and Heidi, is this the same gym? <laughs> Is everyone going to this fucking yeah, gym know. now? Yeah, I know. like seriously does Does Royal Oak have one gym where like all of everybody goes and it's just like the center of the the social life for everybody? I guess so um, why isn't Al going there? Yeah, I, well, honestly, oh, but, he, he probably knows Eileen goes there. Yeah, uh, yeah, actually, that's that's probably it. Uh, and also, Al, I don't know, maybe if Al is like building his own cabin in the woods, still, maybe that is enough of a workout, <laughs> sure. just like chopping down trees and hauling logs around. Um. But so, uh, Heidi relates to Al that Eileen is engaged to someone new, and, uh, this is shocking to Al to find out that Eileen has moved on in her life. Uh, Heidi runs out and begins the Tool Time episode, and, uh, Tim and Al come out, and Al is definitely not in the zone for this. He has kind of (laughs) got the thousand-yard stare, he's lamenting the fact that, uh, Some people move on in their lives and other people just get dull and useless like tools that need to be replaced.
1: And Uh, side note, I I, I promise I will never make the secret word lamenting. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Listen, I wrote the word lamenting in my notes so many
0: times this time around like you're gonna hear like this is lament work this week especially I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you a thesaurus <laughs> I mean I I mean I use the thesauruscom you know what actually I'll, let me pull, pull up thesaurus like while we're while we're going today and I'll see if I can find other words for right. lamenting um but uh, so uh al is is despondent and not in a great mood about everything and uh, they're talking about how to sharpen knives and al is so distracted and upset thinking about the fact that Eileen has moved on that he sharpens a very high quality expensive knife right down into a nub which I think is the first time ever that Al has fucked something up instead of Tim and yeah. uh, from that uh, you know we go to the opening credits
1: so uh, yes I, now I'm gonna kind of reverse engineer or just go go I'm gonna do memento style here Ooh. where I can't remember granted I'm Currently high on burnt plastic fumes. <laughs> but it's the, the only way to fly, dude. I am almost certain they did this knife gag before, but it was Tim fucking it up and uh, pulling out a, a tiny knife.
0: I don't remember that, and I will admit that I'm not maybe the best source for this, but I think <laughs> I would remember
1: if, if they had run this play in the past. If it w- if it wasn't Knives specifically, it was something about Tim inserting something that then came out smaller because he wasn't listening. That, uh, now, now that's, that's raunchy, Landon. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> I don't—like, okay, the, the, fa- the idea of Tim—like, the concept that Tim has sharpened a thing so heavily that it now
1: is useless— that maybe like he he probably better. like gave more power to a, a sharpener at one point. It doesn't matter. I just felt like they they had done that gag before. Yes. Um, I, and I wouldn't put it past them. They definitely reused some tool time gags from time to time. They from you. How time many to times have time. we seen a uh, <laughs> a lathe rip somebody's clothes off? I um yeah. <sighs> First note I had. <laughs> mm Hmm even before we find out al's age and that he's uh going back on the the dating scene is first shot he's fluffing his hair oh he's fluffing and and heidi comes in and starts talking to him and he's talking about using a new volumizing shampoo and uh my this is the first me too of me of this episode for me (laughs) wait you're you're uh, you've got fluff too well, I've I've recently had to undergo a change in my hairstyle routine. Boy, is this interesting podcast content! But, but you, you, if you if you listen closely, you can hear the subscribers just li- lining up to to like and and subscribe to our show. Just one gif after another of Fry saying, "Take my money." Yeah. Um. But <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, was, it was so closely related to my current situation of of having to use a new conditioner and shampoo because I, I my hair has been growing out a lot longer over the last couple months 6 months or so mm-hmm. and i've had to just naturally switch from what i was doing to what i'm doing now and as he was talking about this it just it, it immediately like I was already in Al skin. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> we, I mean, so already both of us identify
0: with Al a lot, but now you are getting even deeper into the Al experience this... before this <laughs> plot even takes
1: off. Truman, I'm, this is how much I love you. Uh, this episode really made me feel like Mr. Borlin was my Alvatar. Oh, Landon.
0: Oh, my God. Dude, that's so sweet. And I, like... <laughs> I I just appreciate you so much getting like now. Now, like it's like you understand now why I do what I do. (laughs) Look, I don't understand it, but I accept it. Alvatar, a movie where Sam Worthington has to like go into deep space and uh, like, and everyone is, is getting themselves transmuted into just a million Richard Karn bodies. Like there's just a planet of Richard Karns. (laughs) Running around. <laughs> that, I that... wish
1: we had a, a, a wider uh, fan base of people that work in the <laughs> computer animation uh, field, because I would love to see fan art of that.
0: <laughs> now, that is a movie that deserves to gross billions of dollars and get a Best and Picture nomination. <laughs> yes, exactly. Multiple yeah. that, that is a movie where I would gladly wait 15 years for <laughs> the three or four sequels that I've been promised. Um, oh, my God. <clears throat> so I, I think that, you know, so, so Al talking with Heidi, I, what I like about this scene is that Heidi is just, yeah. like, Heidi, Heidi gets some larfs in this scene. Like, she's yes. genuinely funny, and I love that they gave Debbie Dunning this opportunity to be funny. I wish they, I always wish they gave her more. But, like, the way, the way that she says, oh, did you hear the good, you know, I, I ran into Eileen about about uh, down at the the health club. Did you hear the good news? What good news? Oh, nothing. No, no, nothing at all. I, I don't know. Just like the way that she is immediately <laughs> trying to brush Al or like trying to protect Al's feelings and doing a bad little. job of it. Yeah. Like, and
1: it's, I don't know. It's just, it's cute and funny. And I like Al and Heidi's friendship also. Yeah, I do too. Uh, it's, everything about it is, is pretty great. I love that this season they've given a lot uh, for Debbie Dunning to do because she, she's a natural comedic actress. Uh, yes. And I lo- we love to see it, folks. Um, what do you think about? Uh, I mean, not that it warrants too much discussion. Eileen getting married, um, good, good. Al not. I mean, I, I mean, good, good for
0: Eileen. I mean, again, I think we all remember how shocked I was that Al and Eileen didn't get married. Yes.
1: I, I did not see well, that coming at all. Maybe the larger discussion about um, your ex moving to the next stage or you know moving to something else faster than you do. Uh, thoughts on that.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, like, uh, yeah, when I was in college and I broke up with the girl who had been my first uh, serious girlfriend, and then uh, she started dating a bunch of other dudes and who, like, rode motorcycles and were cool, like, awesome, <laughs> alternative, edgy dudes, and I was like, ah, I'm still in the marching band, uh, and, and no, no one wants to go out with me, and... Like yeah, I mean I yeah. the the person who you were with moving on to bigger and better things when you it you at least by your own estimation are not that's uh that's a heavy thing to have to deal with. I would have had a I, hard time hosting a tool
1: show if I had been doing it at that time. There was a a, a point at which um I crossed this Rubicon of every one of my ex girlfriends had got married. <laughs> <laughs> oh man and I'm not just saying like girls that I went on like five or so dates with you know from you know uh, online dating but like serious girlfriends had moved on and got married uh, yeah and then I moved to the point where they all had kids <laughs> oh Jesus
0: I the, the, yeah. the one for me was that th- three three consecutive exes of mine immediately moved on to date guys who rode motorcycles which, to me, at the time, I, I didn't learn to ride a bicycle until I was 19, and all of this happened before I was 19. <laughs> so that was kind of a crisis for me. Like, yeah, like you know, seeing your ex move on to do other th- other things, uh, or, or say, uh, three different women choose to go out with a guy who is fundamentally completely different from you and engages yeah. in a different form of masculinity entirely than the one you practice.
1: Yeah, that's... That's a feeling. That's a moment. It's a feeling. So I think just to circle this back around, I don't think at any point Al is overreacting. No. Or, or I think he he's going through a very real thing here.
0: I mean, also, it's got to do a number on you to, like, get to the altar with someone. And then, like, it was kind of yeah. Al then in the I driver's seat. I can't wrap my round. Yeah, but, like, but it was, like, Al who was, like, kind of leading the, I mean, I get that Eileen didn't want to get married either, but it was Al who sort of spearheaded it, and, like, I'm sure he must have a lot of second, you know, second guessing and lots of doubts about what he did, and so that's got to even magnify it even more, knowing
1: that, like, oh, I could have been married, but I chose not to be, and now she's gonna get married. Which is interesting that they didn't touch on that at all, the, like you know, the way things could have been. You know, did I make the right decision? They they haven't touched on that at all, not even in this episode, but in the series since yeah. that happened. Yeah, which honestly. is kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean this is really the first time Al's love life has come up at all
0: since or mm-hmm. at Al since he uh uh since the wedding episode last
1: season. Um this is also, you know, the the moment when we he is looking at himself in the mirror going, what have I done with my life? I'm almost 40, and I'm still single. And, you know, there's a certain level of, you know, 90s-ness to this of, you know, uh, the pressure that he's put on himself or that society is putting on him that's like, uh, he needs to be at a certain place, you know. he He's at an age, and he doesn't feel like he's done. I mean, he's a fucking celebrity on a tool show, Standing up for all that's good and holy in the world, <laughs> yeah. Like he's done something with his life, but he feels like he hasn't because he's not married. That kind of sucks, and uh, you know, I'm glad that things aren't exactly that way anymore. But, um, yeah. That said, I still very much identify with like, oh, that pressure isn't completely gone. I, yeah, I, I am 40, and you know, I have to make certain decisions, <laughs> whether I want to or not, about like. The people I date, you know, I'm not I'm not the type of person who's gonna go out and date, you know, college college students. Yeah, <laughs> at and, 40. So and like, good. The probably. people that my age in my age range that I would be dating are like gonna be potential parents. You know, there's yeah. there's certain things you have to and like, do I want to invite that into my life? It's complicated. It's no. A, it's dating at 40 is a whole game unto
0: itself. <laughs> I, I no, I'm, I I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it is, and, like, I'm glad that, like, you know, and, it, like, as much as society now is in a better place than it was in the 90s in terms of that being something that's, you know, that we look at as, yeah, normal and okay and regular, it still doesn't, like, so, there's still so many places where society, like, I'm sure puts a lot of pressure on or looks I don't know like there, there's still that social pressure there of like what you know why haven't you paired off what's going on like that that's yeah. that's still present so like what al's feeling is both a product of the time he's living in but also just the product uh, of this time that we're living in too it's you know i'm just, sure. it's
1: an evergreen pressure yes um, i do and speaking of product <laughs> he says i've done i've done nothing uh as he's like kind of looking at himself in the mirror and just to to wrap up heidi here uh, he goes. I've done nothing with my life, but she kind of puts her arms on his shoulders and looks at him in the mirror with him. You know, as they both look at their reflection, and she goes, "But your hair looks so good," <laughs> <laughs> and then runs off. And it was just such a a fun
0: line. I loved from her. That's that's really great. That's a huge that's a huge laugh. And so from this, Heidi runs out of frame and this is the beginning of this episodes of any technical achievements we then cut to her running through the audience you know does everybody know what time it is tool time yeah. that's right tim the tool man t- whatever but like the camera Boom shot
1: look it's like uh eagle eye looking down on the audience it's looking down on the audience
0: and she like runs down in the camera tracks with her and then she runs underneath the camera and out of the frame and the camera like loops down and up and around to the monitor to show her it, It's definitely them. like the Goodfellas shot. <laughs> it, it totally is. It's like we're going into the nightclub. We're seeing all the cooks. It, <laughs> I the, Yeah, just the, they didn't need to do this. And it was no. not easy to do this. And it probably took a lot of takes to do this. And it's just the, the fact that the people shooting this episode have been working together for seven seasons. And we're like, fuck it. You yeah. know what? Let's make this look really special. Let's give ourselves an interesting
1: challenge. Like, it's just for <laughs> them. And I love uh, it. Yeah. I do, too. It makes the show, it gives it that little edge that other shows don't have in terms of a visual style, which uh, is pretty cool. I mean, this this is something that I've been, like, I don't
0: know. I look at a show like, like, Cheers and Frasier, as they got into their later seasons and they were huge shows, like, they would do more elaborate things in terms of big set pieces. Like, one episode, Rebecca sets the bar on fire by accident. Or, like, Frasier and Niles are walking around the streets of Seattle. It's an on-location episode. those shows never did, like, true cinematography, like, elaborate, Mm -hmm. sophisticated camera work on the
1: level that Home Improvement does, and I love it. And there's even, like, stuff that I don't think you notice on first go-around, because as I have this playing in the background, like, the reveal of Al putting the knife in the the thing and then pulling it out and it's tiny, the the reveal of it coming out tiny is, like, a medium close-up that is a slow push-in on him realizing what he's done. It's like... Most places would just cut to an insert shot of this tiny knife. The, the episode has no business looking as good as it does. It just <laughs> does not make sense why this is so great. Oh, we get a Looney Tunes cut out. A saw cuts the frame in the shape of a, a an oval, and it tips over, taking us to the theme song. Um, yep. I got a little note, which yeah. is today, uh, While while watching the theme song, I did a little air guitar to it.
0: Oh, my, my 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 little
1: note is just, I don't know, I, I just want to call out, and I know we've talked about this
0: a million times, I just really, like, this theme song now, the opening credits we've got now, is the opening credits that we've, I think, been been wishing for this whole time. It just makes me feel really good to watch it, and especially the end yes. when we get the three different versions of the tailors popping up. it, it I, it means so much to me that the show is rewarding us for having watched the show and been with these people for so long. <laughs> it's just really There's a good. sense of
1: accomplishment and pride in it. Yeah, I agree. I,
0: I love it. Like, I don't know. Like, they should, they should study these opening credits in opening credit
1: design school. <laughs> well, here's the trick is they don't exist anymore, so. Oh. <laughs> I mean, well, short of, like, the, the 10 seconds of, like, the Daredevil, you know, logo or, you know, something they do on, on Marvel, but... Yeah, I guess sitcoms don't really do opening credits anymore, do they? It's just like very it's almost just like a flash of the title
0: and then like the first yep. 40 seconds of the episode is is credits kind of scrolling
1: as people talk. <laughs> yeah. But that's sad. Um theme song takes us to tool time uh after the episode has aired. Uh L has his head in his hands. He's despondent from not only his performance on on Tool Time, but obviously from this uh, Eileen situation, and Tim finally is like, "What the f- what is what's up with you, dude?" <laughs> and Al uh, kind of you know spills his guts and says, uh, "Yeah, Eileen's engaged," and to Tim's credit, realizes, "Oh, oh okay, that yeah, that that's a thing. That sucks. I'm sorry, man." Which is cool. Um, yeah, it, he says that she's moved on, found somebody else, and Tim says, "Well, you know, maybe it's time. Maybe maybe you need to get back out there." Um, and I was like, you think so? And uh, at that moment, you know, Tim tries to like build his confidence, which is nice. And yeah. uh, a, a state, uh, well, I don't want to say that she's a stagehand. She she works on the show. She has a clipboard and an earpiece, a Producer, uh, whether she's yeah. <laughs> a producer or a stagehand. It's not defined uh, as he as she walks by. Al, you know, uh, gets a pass in his desperation here. Uh, maybe, you know, need to, to go to um, some uh, sexual harassment trainings but yeah. uh just as she passes by says hey you want to go out this weekend and she just laughs in his face <laughs> and now well, walks away i think we wouldn't
0: we, we probably no i mean maybe we'd still need it i'm just saying if we lived in a society where where uh women felt confident and secure enough to openly laugh at their superiors when they ask them out on dates like they could just laugh in a man's <laughs> face and be secure in continuing to have a job and and face no repercussions for it we would live in a better world like we wouldn't need that well like yes the structures that existed women felt empowered to behave that way
1: but that's a that's only a stepping stone toward don't ask out <laughs> People you work with, agree. You know, unless there's an equal, you know, non-power dynamic sort of thing. I fully uh, agree. fully consensual. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, you know, Al don't just. Not don't control just. Control. I mean, he's he's doing the desperate ask out anybody version of catcalling. I mean, yes. she's just walking by and saying, "Well, there's someone you want to go out? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You're you're a woman,
1: and you know, and you're close to me. Therefore, maybe we're the best possible match." I, uh, I mean, or I mean I, they're they're building a whole rom com out of that between Jennifer Lopez and Owen Wilson so you know maybe there's something to that God um
0: <laughs> I yeah yeah it's just it's just more than I want to consider at this moment uh, having to okay, look at right. look having to look at Owen Wilson and and Jennifer Lopez in a rom com I I just I I can't right now it's <laughs> been a rough couple of years uh do you if you got if uh, you got anything else
1: for this scene it's a short scene it's a quick scene it's a short scene. No, I think we touched on most of the thematic stuff in the, the previous discussion. Um, right. We get a lasso uh, yes. that takes us to the computer nook. Not uh, Ted Lasso, mind you. Just not, a lasso. not Ted Lasso. Yes. Well, I don't know. I, we, we aren't given the lasso's name. It could be Ted, just okay. unrelated.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the lasso didn't wasn't teaching us any lessons about positivity or,
1: or uh, teamwork or <laughs> anything like that. So we, we can't say for sure. We can't. Um, um, but we go to the the computer nook where it was kind of alluded a little bit uh, in the conversation between Tim and Al that Al's been coming over um, to the Taylor house for dinner a couple times a week. And um, here Al is over at the Taylor house, looking over Jill's shoulder while she's trying to work on her um, thesis. It's it's really great.
0: There the the there's it's a very tight close up of the monitor and <laughs> Jill's face, and then Al's face coming in right over her shoulder and. He's pestering her about when dinner's gonna be, and then Tim comes home with the uh, takeout food that he's gotten for dinner, and uh, Al is, you know, being just very overbearing with the whole family, talking about needing to grab, you know, oh, oh, you didn't get moist towelettes, but don't worry, I've got some emergency towelettes in my car, and he runs out to get them, and the whole family is uh, sorrowful, not lamenting, they are sorrowful (laughs) that Al has been uh, imposing... Plus one points. Yeah, okay. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but he's been imposing himself on them for uh, so much. And they, uh, they're saying that, that Al needs to, to get out again and, and, and do more. So we'll quit bugging them. And, uh, Jill suggests that Al should uh, start going to a singles bar and Al says, Oh, well, last time I went, I spent the whole night building a fort out of swizzle sticks at the bar. And uh, Jill says, oh, well, you can't go alone. You need to go with a friend. Al doesn't have any single friends, yada, yada, yada. Jill suggests that uh, Tim should go with Al to wingman him so
1: he'll quit bothering them. And I'm glad you brought up the term wingman already because I want to put an earmark on that and come back to it in the, the later scene. Um, yes, so... There's things to uh, pull apart there if we yes. really want to. Um, we get the boys with their first um, appearance of <laughs> rapid fire uh, uh, jokes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. A lot yes. of fun. Yeah, a lot of roasting of Al, which, I mean, I mean, I, on the one hand, I don't like it when people make fun of Al. On the other hand, Al needs to be roasted right now. Al is
1: being a little overbearing. <laughs> I think it's deserving, yeah, it yeah. is. Uh, so uh, talk a little bit more about Al in, in desperation mode and, and like clingy, you know, needful mode. So Al is like he's he's just he's
0: there with with Jill asking her, you know, when, when what time is dinner? So it's 615,
1: Al, same time as it's been every other night this week. And then he's
0: he's following Tim around. Jill's and laying
1: it Jill's laying it on thick in this kind of Midwest passive aggressive way of like 6.15, same time it's been every other day this week, Al. <laughs> and and then, like, when he comes back in with the moist towelettes, he
0: says, uh, you know, oh, I, you know, I got the most moist towelettes for the fried chicken. Oh, and I also found some hot sauce packets in case tomorrow night we decide to go south of the border. And then he strikes this very weird look, salsa like dancing a... pose or something.
1: <laughs> it's like a little hip swing. Which, arms in the air thrusting forward. It's, it's,
0: really it's funny. It's superb. It's really good. Again, Richard <laughs> Karn. Is just I, I shining throughout I mean he shines yep. in every scene that he's in throughout the series,
1: but this episode <laughs> is a big gift to him. He um, shines so much he might be able to pull off Rachmaninoff.
0: He uh shines so much he might be able to pull off the movie Shine. Um he's yeah, but like yeah. same, same joke retold. Yeah, but basically, yeah. Wait, is the movie Shine about a guy who plays Rachmaninoff?
1: I think so. Oh, <laughs> well then I then I'm it.
0: sorry, I didn't I like I didn't hundred percent get your reference and I was just Jeff, trying to not be ring.
1: Place someone uh, I don't know how impaired he is, but I think the whole thing is he's a pianist who can play Rachman enough perfectly. Oh I think gotcha. he has the shine. Either that or it's a a, a spin off of Stephen King. Yeah I, <laughs> You know, Al is talking to his finger and there's there's
0: blood coming <laughs> out of Tim's car. Uh <laughs> I, yeah, so I don't know, but like Al is just, you know, they they've squid, for for how, for how often on Tool Time Al is the audience's avatar or Alvatar, uh, in in terms of being the straight man, and like Tim is behaving so absurdly. I I Al, I'm looking at the audience, being like, "Can you guys believe this situation?" I'm just trying to be normal and get shit done. It's funny how then <laughs> Al can, on a dime, turn and be so completely detached from reality and so yeah. naive and up his
1: own ass like he is here, while while they're while retaining a continuity of character. That's the impressive part. Yes, that that is that is Emmy worthy stuff.
0: Um, <laughs> speaking of Emmy worthy stuff. Just, again, talking about the camera work of this episode. We start in this very tight close-up, Jill on the computer. Then Al's face comes into frame. Jill and Al... Talking, both staring at the computer screen. This whole awkward interaction between them. Then the camera starts pulling back, still in one shot from this tight close-up. Tim comes in the front door. Al talks with him. Tim and Al walking and talking down into the kitchen, setting everything down. Like it, it there is like a two-minute-long unbroken take. They they are boogie nightsing this sitcom. <laughs> it's, it's so good. Wing. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It starts it starts at a tight close-up and becomes a walk-and-talk. It's really... Did I, did I say this was written by Laurie Gelman? I meant Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> if it was written by Aaron Sorkin, there would be like a... Well, okay, if it was written by Aaron Sorkin, the women in this episode would be even more underwritten than they already are. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> and there also would have been, you know, Al would have... Al in the Sickle's bar is like... You know, in the War of 1812, someone built an entire <laughs> fortress out of swizzle sticks, and while they were holed up in there, they realized that the real prize of warfare is love, or something to that effect. I don't watch a fan lot of fan the smoke Sorkin. alarms. Aaron Sorkin is burnt. Yeah, yeah, no, he's he's never been more thoroughly roasted than I just did right now. <laughs> um, I don't know, Landon. I mean, like, what? Have you got any any strong feelings about this scene about Al's patheticness about his impositions on the Taylor family?
1: they they make it, um, I don't know, they they make him they play up the patheticness without really diminishing his character, which is, you know, I think partly the writing and, and mostly the performing. Uh, which, you know, I don't think needs to be spoken about too much more than that. I think it's pretty impressive. Um, And, you know, I think only comes from seven years living inside the skin of Al Borland.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. This is some... He's he's at Daniel Day-Lewis levels of preparation for this
1: role by now. I I guess the only other thing I would say here, uh, maybe because this coincided with an episode of The X-Files I watched recently where it was all about uh, dating uh, someone preying on women on a dating website is that uh it, it took this long well I guess that's not true. They we had an episode where Randy basically catfished <laughs> that woman yeah. uh, using chat forms, right? Yeah. But I just it, I guess interesting that they are still addressing online dating. And uh the Al Al says he, he tried online dating and ended up um meeting up with a sixty year old stripper named Vince.
0: Yeah. I it is <laughs>
1: I, I don't know. It is just funny when you look at the perce-
0: – it was just hilarious to look at this and be like, oh, my God, internet dating was a thing in 1997. But then also to look yeah. at how th- – back then, clearly, internet dating was perceived as a, a crazy, pathetic, dangerous, stupid thing to do. And now right.
1: who – like, internet dating the is – majority of relationships are uh... – Bounded, you know, first formed on uh, online dating sites, uh,
0: you know, like the, the, there is an entire generation of children growing up right now who in their minds cannot believe that people ever got together without the aid of the Internet. And it's just it's <laughs> right. I don't know. It's just an interesting thing
1: to watch that <laughs> public spaces are for private time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you like, don't talk to other people in pri- public spaces. If you didn't make
0: arrangements ahead of time to meet that person at that bar, <laughs> you do not fucking talk to them, you little freak. One um, <laughs> what, what other thing from this from this is that when you know she's saying, "Oh, you can't go to a singles bar alone. You should go with a, you know," and Al's saying, I don't have any single friends. And right. Jill says, "What about Wilson?" And Al goes, "Eh," and I'm just like, "What the fuck." episode? That would be the greatest shit in the world. Al and Wilson cruising for that's... chicks together? German, that's the spinoff.
1: That's <laughs> that's the home improvement movie I want to see. <laughs> uh, I, I think that that has enough of a premise to get us past the uh... <laughs> <laughs> the kind of stunted premise of the Ropers or the, the, um, the oh my the, god, what's Carla's last name? Oh oh, the Tortellis
0: or Tortellis, yes, yes or the Soulmans, yeah, uh, yeah. No, you 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 can squeeze three seasons easily out of Wilson and Al just hitting singles bars every night. Um, the other thing, I don't know if you've got anything else. No, nothing else. I, and this, we'll talk about this more probably once we get there. Singles bars, a bar designed for singles only singles
1: go to the yes. star I am it's only- funny you you touch on that because it, it did ping in my head that she said that and I was trying to wrap my head around the concept of that because it's something that I've always heard of you know throughout my life but I've never I don't know is that a separate thing than just Bars. <laughs> I, I that's always been
0: my question. I'm only familiar with the concept of singles bars because I was raised by '90s sitcoms, and singles yeah. bars were a big thing on '90s sitcoms.
1: I don't know when but, these but all by closed. the same token. By the same token, though, I feel like the idea of singles bars, at least in how they're depicted in '90s TV and movies, is mostly. LBGTQ stuff. Like you go to the gay bar or you go to the, the lesbian bar. Yeah. Uh, there, there, I don't, I can't say that I've seen maybe outside of this episode as a hetero person going to a singles bar specifically a, a singles bar. Going to the bar and meeting someone is one thing. Going yeah. to it usually it's like a concert or some sort of activity, but not like we're going to the singles bar in town.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of the thing for like I've always heard it referenced singles bar as like a concept yeah. or like oh, I'm so sick of going to singles bars, whatever. But it's it is very much like like a gay bar for straight people. Like it's a bar where a specific sort of people are supposed to show up with you know, amorous intentions. And it's it just... Right. I don't know, it's just interesting to me. Like, I kind of... I wish that they still existed just because I feel like, I don't know, like, I, I'm not, maybe not in the same numbers as
1: before, but I don't know, wouldn't that be kind of cool <laughs> if like... Because, I don't... I'm trying to wrap my head around it. Like, I don't know. There's, as a single person, uh, as as the resident single person on this show. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you, you've never been single in your life. Uh, yes, no, I, I have been. I have been. In this conversation. Yes. Uh, th-
0: aside, from, aside from the eight years between 2009 and 2017, I've never been single before.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the idea that... I don't know i, I I'm, a, I'm a little on the fence about the idea of a singles bar and whether or not i w- would go to one or i mean i of course i would go to one like i i, I find it hard to say no to anything these days but it, it i don't know how much it appeals to me like i would much rather there be a different kind of singles activity i would much rather obviously in an ideal world there'd be like a singles coffee bar sure yeah <laughs> you a, know like a singles there, coffee something-
0: bean and tea leaf
1: There's something about the the bar scene that even outside of, you know, the, you know, uh, singles aspect of it has never really appealed to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just not what I'm looking for. I don't know. It's it's like I don't find a lot of enjoyment going to the bar hmm yeah,
0: yeah. And I mean, I, I, and I guess maybe that is what kind of defeated the concept of a singles bar, is that it's a bar where everybody in there, like, I don't know, I feel like people who...
1: I, I, no, finish that thought, because you were basically going to describe a dating site. I could, I could hear it in your voice. Everybody's going to the bar hoping to find someone that they never have to go back to that bar with. <laughs>
0: Yes. Okay, I didn't want to I didn't want to follow the whole thing through because I didn't want I didn't want to just be like shitting on the concept of dating in general because I've I've been in those trenches. But yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> no, like dating I, dating sucks and
1: deserves to be shit upon. Okay. Okay. Dating sucks and no, no, it no, should well, be Let shit me on. let me rephrase that. Yeah. Let me be more specific. Dating someone doesn't the the concept of or the process of dating uh, and trying to find someone to date it deserves to be shit upon. It's, it's, it's absolutely bad. It totally
0: blows. It reeks in every way. And, yeah, and for, you know, for me, that process largely just took place in terms of, you know, you meet someone online and then you make arrangements to meet in a generic bar, like a regular, you know Mm non-singles bar but the idea of just that process entirely happens with you just go to a bar designated for singles every night it's almost like it it, i I don't know yeah maybe it's actually maybe it's bad maybe it's like a separate but equal situation like the people in couples can go to all these cool bars but the
1: singles can only (laughs) go to this bar there there's a lot tied up into it maybe we'll get more into it as we we continue along and actually get to the bar here yeah yeah (laughs) yeah um well uh anyway yeah so we go a little bit later. We we transition with a dissolve to um, Jill. Uh, she She's at the intercom calling Tim down uh, to say she's he's going to be late for the bar. Uh, and he just appears behind her. Um, and he's dressed in his suit and tie. that He looks like he's going to an episode, a taping of Tool Time. Yes. And Jill starts to give him some advice on his wardrobe choices, saying, you look like you're dressed for business. You're not at all dressed for uh, for dating, why don't you go upstairs and put those black jeans on, uh, you know, the ones that show off your butt. And but. he goes, why? She goes, for Al. <laughs> and uh, it was, I don't know, it's just really good.
0: She, Well, he also says, aren't you worried some woman will fall for me? And Jill just starts laughing in his face, just priceless. <laughs> Everyone having so much fun.
1: <laughs> so Tim is is pushing back on the wardrobe thing and she goes, okay, well, let's get an impartial um, uh Third party to, to weigh in on this. Uh, let's go ask Wilson. Let <laughs> me cut to outside. And uh, Wilson goes, Okay, spin for your neighbor one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, yeah, she a,
0: and Tim is saying to Wilson, She says I should wear tighter pants for Al. What do you think? And Wilson goes, Well, how
1: does Al like his men to dress? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also says, I'm put in mind of, um, uh, a certain song, and he starts quoting Casey in the Sunshine Band, saying "Shake your booty." Uh, and Tim decides, "Okay, fine. I'm I'm outnumbered here. I'm gonna go put the black jeans on." Uh, like Wilson making the broader point that there's no sacrifice too
0: great to make for one of your friends, and and it, and we shouldn't we should not overlook the fact that while Tim is not doing this. Gladly, he does want to help Al. And this is like, this is leaps and bounds ahead of where Tim was four seasons ago in terms of... Yes. He genuinely want like, like, Tim is not giving Al the cold shoulder to get him to quit eating dinner with the family. Like, Tim clearly feels for Al and wants to help Al and cares about Al. And nonetheless... Isn't enjoying this process, but he does all this because he wants to help his friend, which is I think their relationship is
1: in a much better place than it was before. Absolutely. And I have some questions about Tim's attitude in a little bit, but, you know, we'll touch on them only only briefly. The only other thing that we are kind of, you know, brushing past in this scene is Wilson Wilson's example of what he did as a friend at one (laughs) point. Uh, saying that his, when he was living in Japan, a friend of his couldn't make a uh, A lady terminology, (laughs) a lady friend couldn't make a, uh, some sort of cooking competition or or baking competition. And so he dressed as a woman, posed as her and submitted her, um, uh, food for her and ended up winning the competition, uh, with no one realizing that he was a woman. (sighs) I, I love,
0: what do you love? Well, I love I, I, I love Wilson the Weeb, basically. I love that Wilson <laughs> was one of those one of those white dudes who goes to Japan and lives there for a while. Just I, I love that. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I also love that Wilson is confident enough in his sexuality and his masculinity to dress up as a woman and to mm. then later tell Tim about it. That's really cool. Um but if that's, I mean, yeah, because you know that this is just, this is just, Al, you know, Tim getting suited up to go off with Al and Jill taking a lot of joy in making sure that Tim is as sexy as possible to help Al out, and Wilson making his contractually obligated appearance in the episode. Yep.
1: Um, but then, I mean. Unless you've got anything else. <laughs> uh the scene splits in half. Landon. Um, we, we used to get scene sliding transitions where the next scene would slide together. Now we're seeing them break apart. It's yeah. Just a, a slightly different take on uh on the old formula. Yeah. And
0: you know, Landon I've long what? felt that everyone is trying to get to the bar. And the name <laughs> of the bar the bar is called Shooky's Shack, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Royal Oaks number one singles bar for hot Shuki's Shack. <laughs> Shuki, I mean, could 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 you read the neon better than me? Is it something other than Shuki's Shack? Nope. How? D- nope. It is Shuki's Shack. We were sure. last last week. We were shall we say lamenting the fact that they chose to name one of the characters in the episode Shmayman. and it's like, how do you land on a name like that? How do you land on a name like Shuki's
1: for a bar? Uh, <laughs> I I don't. I don't know. Shuki, I don't know, has to be something, right? I mean, it has to be the name of someone um yeah, I maybe don't know. it's yeah. maybe it's the bartender. I mean, and look, I, uh, I was just doing a quick uh, if I sounded distracted, I was <laughs> doing a quick Google search. Nothing comes up under Shuki Shack. Okay, in case this was based on a real on a real singles bar. Well, what's funny is usually if you put something like that into Google, it'll bring up a a, a script of home improvement, so that's... <laughs> Maybe tells me that it wasn't even listed in the script as Shuki's Shack, that they just had this neon sign. Oh. Like, I wonder if in another show they're just recycling this. <laughs> like, they didn't, like, make this neon sign just for this show in some other ABC sitcom in the past. Like, is there is there a Happy Days episode where Fonzie goes to the Shuki Shack? Dude, you just blew this case wide open.
0: You just took the you t- you took this investigation in a completely new direction. That is brilliant. Okay, we got we got to do research. Grunt heads, get on this. I'm certain now they just repurposed some neon that they'd already had built. What character? What show has a character named Shuki on it who owns a bar? Because that's definitely what this is from. What can What canceled ABC pilot that never made it to air? Yes.
1: Yeah, and the other thing—I mean, this is going way too deep—but you can't just store neon the way you store normal props. So I'm wondering if there's like on the ABC lot if there's like a a neon room where they they carefully store all of their neon signs. Like they're just—it's like the neon museum in Vegas. They're just all plugged in and
0: glowing at all times. Just. (laughs) Oh my god! What a headache that room would be. We've got, dude we got to break into the ABC lot and find that room and, and stand in the glow <laughs> of Shooky's shack. I, oh man, Shuki's shack, tin, tin roof, rusted, uh, hugging and a kiss dancing and loving. I've made, uh, this is me talk singing multiple different songs in one episode. Um, yes. yeah. So we're at Shooky's shack. We get an introduction to the bar with some camera work that we're going to spend the rest of the episode talking about. And Tim and Al come in, Al is intimidated by the trendiness of this place and, oh, oh, is it trendy. And uh, then they wind up in conversation with a couple of beautiful ladies, Kathy and Donna, who come up and want to talk to Al and Tim. And uh, they start chatting and talking about Tool Time. Both of these women have lived in Detroit all their lives and have never once heard of it. And Al claims to be the host and star of Tool Time.
1: (laughs) And it takes us to commercial. Uh, Indeed. So, uh, you know, leaving us with Tim looking at Al going, what are you really going to go there?
0: Now, this is a play that Tim and Al have run before, of course. Like, yeah. we, like we don't even need to talk about, what was that, season two, roomy for Improvement, where Tim, <laughs> Tim claims that he assists Al on the show to help Al get yeah, with right. his sexy neighbor? Cindy. See, geez, this is the thing, man. You've got a brain like a steel trap for home improvement facts. It can never compete with you. All right. Do you
1: want to break this down shot by shot?
0: I mean, I, I, all, uh, the only reason I wouldn't is because I can't spend the next two weeks on this phone call talking to you about every instance yeah. of this. When we cut Tushuki's shack, when we're establishing this bar, it is a degree of camera work the likes of which we have never seen on this show before. <laughs> it is, is saying a lot. It is handheld like the camera is like bobbing quick, around like quick, quick editing yeah quick cuts very between quick different cuts people people are dancing there's like a bartender who's like the bartender is dancing and making like finger guns at people and like shaking up trendy cocktails and like the <laughs> like the camera like it's from a million different
1: angles shooting people it feels like yeah.
0: almost like and
1: I, I was gonna say this almost looked like stock footage yeah um but (laughs) two things because i am going very slow-mo through it one thing is there's a very close-up shot of two girls uh looking across the room and it's actually kathy and donna so they shot this okay well i mean and we we know that they shot it as well because we start with set, yeah shuki shack right and it's the same set um but also in in one shot it's probably meant to be a bouncer but it definitely just looks like a stagehand standing in the doorway, just a bald guy with his arm on the doorframe and an earpiece going to, from his, you know, ear to his mouth with a well, microphone on it.
0: I mean, okay, well, it still could be a stagehand who they just like, you know, quickly cast as an extra because they needed to get yeah, a, a bunch of B-roll for this opening montage.
1: The um, only thing missing from this quick montage is like someone doing bumps off the back <laughs> of a toilet bowl. And, and the only other thing. Of the tank of the. Yeah.
0: The only other thing missing from this is like the, the Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch Good Vibrations song. Like. Good vibrations.
1: <laughs> yeah, that opening drum machine. Yeah. Uh, is absolutely what the vibe of this montage is
0: the the other vibe of this montage is if you've checked into the, a, a somewhat classy trendy downtown hotel in like Kansas city in 1997 <laughs> and you turn on the room TV and like the, on the, cha- like the, the channel that's playing, they're talking about local amenities and things. The, the clip of like, right. come check out our trendy hotel bar. It would just be this, it would be shot exactly like this. Um,
1: <laughs> And this, the, come check out our uh, trendy hotel bar. We have Cajun hot fries <laughs> available on the menu now. My idea. So,
0: so we cu- we go from all of this like just just very intense like people are having fun. This is, it's the '90s. Anything is possible. Uh, and <laughs> yes, and then we we cut from that to like this slow pan through the bar or like a push it's a push not a pan forgive me all the all the cinephiles of grunt work are are criticizing me for using the wrong terminology I was about to eject you from this episode but you know set me free but we push (laughs) we push across the dance floor we push past the bartender over the bar the wall behind the bar mind you looks like a looks like a a ska lover's shoes it's all black and white checkers (laughs) like some vans and then we push up along in this wall behind the bar why are we looking (laughs) at this wall and then
1: Tim, Tim and Al going to a ska bar would be fine. Oh Tim, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Oh my god.
0: Tim, is is that really the impression that you get? <laughs> they're just fishbone is playing on stage in the background. Al, they're they're looking at us. I think we're a couple of sellouts. <laughs> Heidi comes up to Al and is like, Did you hear the good news about Eileen? She has a girlfriend now. You shouldn't have, Landon, you should not have led me into ska, because this is actually the one music thing I can kind of talk about for a while.
1: Um, they do, they, when they push in, I mean, you called them sellouts. The first line out of Al's mouth is, I don't know why we're here. This place is so hip and happening. <laughs> <laughs> to, to
0: see something that is so, like, if if people today... We're trying to make a parody of the nineties, they couldn't be this spot on, and then to have the no. first words out of Al's mouth be <laughs> the- about how hip and happening it is and it's authentic and it's supposed to be hip and happening.
1: Yes. Point by point, if they if they recreated this, it would be too on the note, too over the top.
0: When and also just to jump back like one second, when we put we push up on the wall and then we see Tim and Al just kind of rise up from behind the wall <laughs> and peer over it, because you have to like walk down a staircase to get into the bar, like they're frightened. Yeah. By how trendy this bar is. They they can't, their brains cannot I, listen, process.
1: I, I'm not saying that they do exist or whatever, uh, but if I, being the age that Al Borland is in this episode, had to go to a trendy bar of, you know, people in their 20s or early 30s, uh, you know, modern culture, this is 100%. Not how I would act, but how I would feel. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I feel like I would peek my head in from the side, just kind of, like, glancing wide-eyed at what's going on and not knowing how to fit in to the culture at all. Yeah, yeah, it's... uh... So I'm just saying I felt that in my bones.
0: No, no, I mean, look, look, this is... There was one time when, in my single days when I was in New York and visiting a friend of mine from college there, and drunkenly, he took me to a bar and told me at one point, you know, he bought me a drink and said, Listen, man, I want you to go out there and find a girl and start talking to her, who, who you think is cute. And I, I, like, I went out and I just kind of walked sort of around the edge of the dance floor, very awkwardly, sipping my gin and tonic, and... I don't know, honestly. It, it was some cross between how frightened Al is in this moment and Randy at that party that they threw a couple seasons ago, where he's like trying to where he just awkwardly just kind of dances across the room. Yeah, basically that, like just sort of awkwardly jerking shoulders back and forth. So, so, <laughs> as, so this scene is is great, I think, because it is simultaneously presenting a world so far removed from anything we know, and also yes. representing feelings and emotions that we are very well acquainted with. <laughs>
1: Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> so what else? Uh, what else do we talk about in uh, this scene? Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, Donna and Kathy, shall we? Yeah, uh, let's. Uh, they they make the first moves, man. I yeah. am like I uh, very pro Donna, uh, specifically Donna, but mm-hmm. definitely both of them are like, hey, we're here for a reason. A cute dude just walked in. He's a little bashful. I'm into that. Let's let's go over and talk to him. Mm-hmm. And you know, they they make the first move. That's awesome. Um, let's go into a quick character actor corner for these two women, shall we? We shall, because because yeah, they they're character actors and they deserve some attention and recognition. Let's go into uh, Carrie Coleman, who plays Kathy, the one that's going after L. Uh, she has seventy three credits, uh, including. Playing Helen Stacy, uh, that is Gwen Stacy's mom, in the Andrew Garfield Spider Man movies. What? That's okay. So
0: she played Emma Stone's mom, is what you're telling me.
1: <laughs> yes, I am telling you that. Okay. Uh, and I'm hearing that and interested she, by it. She played a character named Patty in Multiplicity. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. That makes two people I know who've been in the movie Multiplicity. All right. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> she had a few episodes of In Living Color. Um, I'm assuming they, they brought in a lot of like bit players every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in um, one of the craziest episodes of Seinfeld, uh, the pilot episode. She was one of the actresses that were on the fake show within a show when oh, Jerry and, and George were. Uh, yeah, they um, went, they're writing the show. I, I watched that recently. Mm-hmm. Wait, which one did she play? She played
0: a character named Allison. Is she the one who was playing, like, the Elaine character?
1: Uh, I don't know. It's been a while. I mean, I couldn't attribute the the face or the character name to that, but I, I would have to ass- – either that or she's playing one of the executives um, with, you know, uh, Bob Balaban, who mm. are greenlighting mm-hmm. the show. Mm, okay. That, uh, she's in those three episodes. Whether or not she's the actress in it, I don't know. Okay, and this is the one who played – this is the – Kathy? We're talking about the actress who played Kathy, Kathy on this? Yeah, okay, and I think yeah. Kathy has –
0: Okay, because I think the one who played. All right, I I don't need you. The audience doesn't need to listen to me like trying to remember a Seinfeld episode I watched three months ago. So okay, that's interesting though that she that she was there.
1: Oh, uh, what else? She's done an episode of Becker. She was on a little bit of Veronica Mars. Um, she did. I'm sure my mom is very familiar with her. She was on Castle. She was on CSI. She was oh. on NCIS. Mm. Moving into parent territory now. <laughs> Uh, scandal, um, but the big question that everybody wants to know is: Was she on ER? You know, I'm gonna say yeah. Ding 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 <sighs> ding. Dude, even though there's <laughs> in, no
0: no stakes, like there's no, there's nothing on the line now, I'm still in. I yeah. it still feel it every time.
1: In 2000, uh, she played a character named Mona in The Greatest of Gifts. Mm. Let's move on to Liz Vazzy, who plays Donna. Uh, she's the one that starts hitting on Tim. She has 61 credits, a lot of TV, uh, going back to <laughs> Superboy <laughs> was her first credit. The new Leave it to Beaver, she was on an episode of Next Generation, hmm. uh, a 25-episode stint on All My Children, Jesus. Um, not to be confused with one episode of Married with Children. <laughs> oh, no, 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 very different ways to have children two different episodes of quantum leap. No no word on whether or not she's going to reprise that role. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other
0: podcast, but was the world crying out for more quantum leap? <laughs> I
1: think so. I think they're I think so. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, yeah. Right,
1: maybe maybe not without Dean Stockwell, but um <laughs> the tick oh. she was on wait. Uh 77. Let me let me repeat that. 77 episodes. Of CSI. Jesus.
0: Who? Yes. Wait, so she was on live action tick. I'm sorry, this is the one I'm more interested in. Right? The Patrick Warburton yeah, tick? Y- yes. Yes. Okay, tell, can you tell me what episode she was on? Like the name of the episode? She was or- on nine episodes of that playing Captain Liberty. She was Captain Liberty? Fucking Captain <laughs> Liberty up in this shit? You didn't tell me? Yep. I'm sorry, as a huge fan of the live action tick, one of the first shows that I
1: fell in love with and had Fox cancel after one season, that's Captain Liberty.
0: Oh my God.
1: Chairman, well, I know you stand doing these episodes now, but I need you to sit down for this. Hang on, I, I almost I almost fell over just then. Okay, I'm sitting down, Landon. She is also in the newest tick <laughs> playing playing lobster clue cools lobster lobster. I can't pronounce it. Lobster, co- I just, look.
0: I really respect. That they just cast someone from the original tick in the new tick. <laughs> I haven't seen the new tick. I should watch it. I mean, uh, but uh, wow. Okay, okay. You know, I, I do like that. I think every episode for the past three or four episodes, you've told me to sit down, and it's usually been sit down worthy. So that's that's been that's that's a good that's a good trend in our show.
1: Outside of this episode of Home Improvement, the question is: Was she on ER? I'm going to say no. Mm. She was
0: not. Are you know. No, wait. Am I? Hang on. Are you? 61 credits, a lot of TV. Yeah. No, she was not on ER.
1: She was on four episodes of ER. (laughs) Playing a character named Liz in 1994. That's unfortunate. So pretty Four early episodes. on. Recurring
0: guest. Shit. You yeah. know, my, my ER dar is off. It's... The Clooney years. Ooh, man. Now, well, <laughs> yeah, damn. I, I'd come back for, for three more repeat episodes
1: if I was in the is in the Clooney days. Well, I hope you, you've done your crunches today because there's going to be another sit-down moment later on. But, oh, jeez. Um, yeah. uh, Going back to Donna and Kathy here, um, I really like them. I think yeah. they've got a lot of charm. I love that they're making the first moves. Um, I, I, let's let's talk a little bit more about them by getting into the next scene. Yeah, I mean, oh, I I have to say, I do just, I just do just love the notion
0: of these two beautiful single women going to a singles bar, spotting dudes that they like, and <laughs> when them making eyes at the dudes doesn't do it, they just go up and, and if only. If only it were that easy. If only if that's what singles bars were, they would still
1: exist if it was just a place where, you know, (laughs) or or they wouldn't because they've been put out of business. I mean, isn't that the whole that's the whole, uh, you know, crime of dating apps and and these sorts of things is like their business model is put us out of business. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You have to be caught in the system relentlessly forever and ever and ever. Otherwise, we don't have we don't make money.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, a singles bar you can't ever really get regulars, and if you do get regulars, they're the saddest people in the world.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> putting putting together uh, structures with swizzle sticks.
0: Yes, I mean, well, look, then that, that's you should just start a bar where just there's lots of swizzle sticks, and and you invite crafty people over, and it's you know whoever builds the best fort gets a date that night. Like that's. <laughs>
1: Shuki Swizzlestick is the name of the bar.
0: Sh- no, Shuki Swizzlestick is the name that I uh use when I'm trying to uh you know when I'm trying to like get a fake ID or something like that. That's the alter ego I use to buy illegal fireworks online.
1: Oh, after Al says that he's the uh the star of the show, we get a um basically like a, an old Hollywood door slamming shut, you know, with the gla- frosted glass and a, a star with Al's name in it um shattering as it closes us to the commercial we come back to the bar a little bit later al is in the middle of a very long-winded story um and they're asking you know al what do you do on the show uh what does tim do on the show and al says he assists me (laughs) uh tim is getting more irritable by the moment having to play into this charade uh, the woman's really, uh, Donna is really, really laying it on Tim. She 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 wants to take him home. Let's just yeah. say what she, it is. She, she literally tells him that. Yeah. Uh, the the way she ends the scene is like applaud worthy to me uh, because they're like, Tim's like, this is, this is going a little too far. You can see the inner workings of his mind. It's going a little too far. It's getting a little bit late. Al, why don't we wrap it up, set up a second date, and let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, Al's like, oh, yeah, I guess it is getting kind of late. We do have to get to, to work in the morning. And uh, Donna's like, well, I could drive you to work in the morning, Tim. <laughs> which gets which gets big Arsenio whoops from the crowd. And then, yeah. well, I, I, is it that that gets the whoops? Or is it Tim's line that says, well, what kind of car do you drive? <laughs> well, it's that, like, that gets, like, I could I could drive you to work
0: in the morning. Woo! <laughs> well, what kind of car do you got? What? Like it's two different waves. The first one is is the horny audience, and the second one is the
1: laughy audience. I want I want a remix of Home Improvement only with no, just a single just you doing
0: the audience reaction. Just just me looping in the the, the laugh track. That's that's yes. I that would be that would be bad because so much it would be me laughing, but then also just adding adding comments of like, oh Tim. <laughs> Jill, you're a pistol. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: that's what mar- makes it marketable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they uh, they set up a, a date for the following night, and Tim's like, "Wait, what? I'm not, I'm not doing this again. Come on, man." Uh, and Al's like, "Come on, please. I haven't. This is uh, blah 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 blah. <laughs> I felt this." I haven't felt this way in forever. Yep. And it's all because of you. You helped me. You gotta do this. Just just get me through that, and then we'll tell them the truth that I'm you know not the host and that you're married and yada yada yada. Yeah. Uh and Al Tim's like, fucking fine, okay. But we're telling them the truth as soon as possible. Uh what I really wanna bring up here is because mm-hmm. you said wingman earlier. Uh Al goes, come on, man, fly with me. You're my co-pilot. <laughs> I love, yeah, I and I thought I thought the term wingman existed since Top Gun. Yeah, I
0: I thought so too. Maybe it just didn't exist in the context of dating until like I don't know. Maybe Entourage brought that into our consciousness or uh, something. I, I I mean I've never watched <laughs> it, but you know it was weird that he said co pilot instead of wingman because it's like <laughs> God is your co pilot, like <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I I don't know. It's like the wingman is flying a separate plane, but is there to help you shoot down enemy planes, which I guess in this case are women. And when they crash, you take them home. I don't know. But like, (laughs) yeah, it's very it it was it was weird to hear that usage. I guess I just don't think wingman in dating
1: was a thing in the late 90s. I had to have been. I just don't know why they didn't use it here. I, I would love to know the history behind the term wingman. And I should know this. Uh, this is not something I admit often. Uh, it, <laughs> I'm going to make this long episode worth the the, the runtime here. Okay. Um, I, I don't, as I said, talk about this much. But when I first moved to L.A., one of my first jobs was working in the pickup artist community. <laughs> You, yeah, you don't talk about this even to some of your closest friends who you've known for a long time. <laughs> um, I've worked, I worked there for a little over a year uh, for Wait. a specific company. I'm not, I have to be, you know, a little bit vague about the details. When you say you say worked say- there, it's like, it's like. Suggesting that pickup artists have a literal
0: community. There's like a town of dudes in fancy hats doing magic for it's women, and you lived there and
1: worked for them. Not far off. What? <laughs> uh, we had an office, and yeah, there. You know, we put seminars together. Where now, I, let me be specific about my role in this. I was something called a media manager. Mm. <laughs> I basically designed the website and, you know, moderated the forums. Oh, that must was... have been gross. <laughs>
0: That must have been fucking <laughs> disgusting on those forums.
1: I am so sorry. Uh you know, they were pretty respectful. No. It, the whole experience was very conflicting to me. Now, uh, the whole pickup artist thing I'm not into and I can't stand behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the whole idea of the game, the book, you know, the Neil Strauss game, oh, uh, a book, bo- the game. A book I may or may not have read in college. Yes. I, and again, I'm not going to be specific, you know, I'm leaving names out, but I worked for somebody in that book. Oh, boy. And uh, there are weird sides to that whole community, and it is a very robust community that is still active to this day. The thing that I didn't agree with a lot of things, but at least our company focused on teaching people conversation skills Mm -hmm. that I I could get behind because there were people in need of like, I don't know how to, what to say after hello. Yeah. (laughs) How do I keep a conversation going? And it it extended beyond dating. It's extended to like, you know, office stuff. How do I make small talk? How do Mm -hmm. I, you know, be social in life? How do I make friends? And it was a lot less about what are the, you know, I'm going to wear goggles (laughs) <laughs> to have a conversation starter you know like there was a little more uh i think good-naturedness behind what we were doing um but you know th- there was still the other aspect of it of like you're going to, to pick up women
0: <laughs> yeah I, what, what what i do remember from reading the the book the game was that like that on some level certain aspects of what was going on there like you know, the, these communities of dudes who are taking, they, you know, it's like, uh, I used to be shy, but now I'm taking an improv mm-hmm. class so I can get better at talking to strangers and I'm like reading about different things and trying to like be more well-read so I can have anecdotes to toss out. Like, there seem to be a lot of legitimate, yeah. good, positive self-improvement going on. Unfortunately, it's all being filtered through this
1: lens of like, I
0: want to fuck chicks, which is it's, it's taking the, it in a bad way.
1: The problem is, and it, and it starts with the person that the philosophy is you know, centered around, you know, each individual person that's creating those, you know, your mysteries or your Neil Strauss's Mm -hmm. is what you're positing to those people to aspire to. So if you're, uh, you know, trying to get them to aspire to be, you know, have sexual power over other people, that is kind of gross. And and the ways that you get there is kind of gross. You know, educating them about sexual dynamic and sexual power between people can be interesting yeah um so i mean granted also this was (laughs) you know 2005 2006 not the best of time you know we're just coming out of that uh really gross turn of the the millennium era Mm -hmm. so not not the best of times for a lot of things and reasons (laughs) uh i forgot why i was going into this oh i think i was going to open up a, a larger conversation about um dating and and what they're doing here and lying and putting on this act like because one thing that's that's you know we we never taught but i think that a lot of the other pick people in the pickup artist community say is okay okay at least at the time the philosophy was like say anything to get in the door Mm -hmm. and fix the lie later yeah you know just do anything at the behest of seeming interesting that's never made sense to me yeah, it seems like you're just getting yourself in the soup. If I've learned anything from sitcoms, it's that oh, I'll
0: just tell a lie now and fix it later. It never works out that way. Like it's like oh, <laughs> yeah. I just won't build a foundation for this house. I'll just I'll just build it later after there's like a whole skyscraper here. <laughs> then I'll
1: go in and build the foundation. No, it doesn't work yeah. that way. Well, and that's basically what's happening here with with Al saying he's the host and Tim hiding that he's married. Where like I just don't understand at all why why Tim has to hide that he's married yeah like it does that's the yeah that that is the thing that doesn't make any sense
0: that he has to keep pretending to be single and and all these things and this woman keeps throwing herself at him it's like it's not like it's illegal to be like married and go to a like all you have to do is say hey I'm actually I'm actually just here with my friend like I'm trying to help him get back out there and that's it and that
1: doesn't undercut Al either it's No. no Like, any any straight person... I mean, Donna Donna is a very independent woman. She can easily... Like, why do they... Why does it... Just because she came with a friend, why do they have to find another pair? Yeah. Why can't they just, like, come together, find separate people, and, like, rejoin as a, a weird misfit group of four people, or go their separate ways for the evening (laughs) yeah like
0: it really if like his his duplicity here of saying that or of like not telling her that he's married it just means that donna is wasting her night instead she could be going off taking her beautiful self around two two nights talking to any number of other dudes she could have hooked up with two different dudes
1: it's doing a disservice to al who could be setting up a second date that's just one-on-one between him and kathy yeah yeah um and i i just want to backtrack just a second, just to, to to put a cap on something I just said, which was, why not go your separate ways for the evening? I realize that's a very different experience for women uh, rather than men. So true, uh, true. I acknowledge that. So, okay, yes, well, mov- well acknowledged. Moving forward,
0: yes, um, yeah. So you know, that's so they yeah. So they they set up their date for the second night. Um. Do, do we
1: want to just, like, go on to the do, – Yeah, do, yeah. We yeah. get a, a flannel planner transition. <laughs> Someone just writes date two in there and takes us uh back to home. Yes. Um, where the kids are around – the boys are sitting around the table uh, snacking, and Tim comes in Uh, dressed for – it's the next night. Tim is dressed, uh, dressed to impress. He's yes. got a leather jacket on, black shirt, black jeans. Yes. Super tight.
0: It's very, very incredibly tight, and the boys are all razzing him. Tim is explaining that he, you know, he's just he's just getting dressed up to go out there so we can break up with Donna. And he's uh, and they're saying, well, why can't Al just do that? And he says, I don't trust Al to tell that woman I'm married. And Brad goes, shouldn't you have told her you were married on the first date? And then Mark goes, you're supposed to be our role model. Just beautiful, <laughs> just hilarious. Like the the level of roasting like that the boys are doing like on this. I, it reminds me of the show Bob's Burgers and the way that all three of the kids with kind of <laughs> adult level wisdom will be roasting their yes. dad. I, I I don't know. I really like it.
1: Uh, Jill's whole thing here about Tim, the way Tim's dressed is the opposite problem. She had the day before that. He is, he looks too good to break up with someone. She's like, mm-hmm. go put on, uh, you know what you normally wear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> go look like a slob.
0: Yeah. Put on looser pants.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so So he does. We we get a disco ball transition to mm-hmm. the second date.
0: Yes. And
1: so we're back at back at the bar. Um and same bar. Why 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 go back this it doesn't seem like a, a conducive place for a sit down conversation. They're still but they're still single, so you gotta go well, to the singles Drew, bar. Okay. You haven't shown your
0: certificate that you're in a couple now. <laughs> um, and you know, and again it's got it's got those that black and white checkered wall for the ska kids and you know who are who are we if not dateless losers uh so anyway um god i hope that like like 50 percent of our audience really loved real big fish they'll be cracking up and loving this episode uh but so kathy is explaining about how she works for a company that makes spools and al is hanging on her every word and mm-hmm. uh did you learn about that spool school <laughs> did you go to graduate spool and kathy is loving all of this like they seem to be soulmates is she? Um, I don't know. She's
1: laughing at it a lot. Like if she doesn't, I, I think like she's. It... I think she's being kind and playing into the like. Oh yeah, I, you know I'm into this guy, but that's a bad joke. But I'm going to laugh into it. Laugh, eh, okay. you know, not not maliciously, but. Well, okay. Whether or not she thinks it's funny, she's laughing
0: at it because she's into what Al is laying down. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair. Uh... And Tim is telling, you know, meanwhile, Donna is throwing herself at Tim. Tim is saying Being that he, he hates marriage and he doesn't want to have kids. He had a vasectomy. And Donna thinks that's great because she thinks marriage is confining and children distract from a man's sexual prowess. And uh, he says, like, he, she's coming on to him so strong. He goes, "Have have you seen the mustard stain on these chinos? And she says, I'm not looking at the mustard, Tim. I'm looking at the buns. <laughs> and it's the joke of the episode, folks. Million I, chefs' kisses.
1: A hundred million chefs note, kisses. My only note here is Donna is fucking awesome. Donna is so great. Can we get a show about Donna? This, this I would watch Donna for sure.
0: Just a just you know, a show about a marriage hating, you know, sexually aggressive
1: <laughs> woman running around Royal Oak who loves butts. I don't know. I want to watch the that. the exchange of how do you feel about marriage? Hate it. How do you feel about kids? I had a vasectomy and she's like, Man, that is fucking relieving. Let me tell you how <laughs> she just starts launching into like having a full-fledged philosophy on life and dating. This bit character that's coming in for one episode uh <laughs> gives it a full life. I love this. Yeah, you know. And also the fact
0: that yeah, this this very beautiful woman who doesn't want marriage or kids or anything, the idea that she is so so hard up for a date that she has to go to a singles bar. <laughs> I just, you know, if if there's, honey, there's, there's a, there's a little bar I know in Boston where you would, you and the bartender would get (laughs) along very well. So, yeah. uh, So at this point, after, after after she Donna completely lays it down Tim tells you know Tim grabs Al and basically pulls him to the bathroom yeah. for a private chat because
1: Donna has basically pulled Tim like she put her hand in his lap at that point and he's like okay Ooh. Al I think we got to go grease the lug nuts He starts making metaphors about going to pee got to flush our coolant what we've got to pee
0: Al <laughs> so they then go to the cleanest bar bathroom in the history of (laughs) bars or bathrooms. I would do open heart surgery in this pristine, (laughs) sterile bar bathroom. That's where the bouncer
1: is. He's keeping all the the scrubs out of there.
0: So yes,
1: we have to keep this. This The floor of this bathroom pristine, because you wouldn't believe the clientele that come in here wanting to cook off it.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, we, we don't want to sully anybody's high with uh, some, you know, <laughs> some some errant liquids or, or spilled soap. Um, so in the bar, Tim is, you know, Tim is just basically challenging it. Like, we've been lying too much. We can't keep doing this. I don't want to keep doing this. Al wants to keep doing it. Tim... <laughs> This also might be my favorite joke of the episode. Tim says, I hate her touching me. I just can't keep pretending I'm something I'm not. And as he's saying this, this is, it, is it the bouncer who, who comes it's out? It's not the bouncer, no. Okay. But, <laughs> but it, it's a big, it's this very large dude in like a tight shirt with like massive biceps. He's bald, comes out of the toilet stall. And Al like has his arm around Tim as Tim is saying, I can't keep pretending I'm something I'm not. And then they both see this dude looking at them and they both like, Split away from each other and start
1: washing their hands nervously. <laughs> um, yes, and b- before we go back out on the date, since we're in yeah. a more well lit area, just want to take a two two seconds to talk about Al's <laughs> date attire. Yes, he's got just a long brown suede coat and a black turtleneck on, and I've never seen someone look more nineties than him. <laughs> I mean, he he
0: blends perfectly with the environment he's in. He's it, like wearing that. In, in this bar, he is pretty
1: much a chameleon. But yes, it's very 90s. <laughs> uh, I just I wanted to give props to that because you don't see Al outside of his uh, flannel very often. And uh, when true. you do, it's always a treat. That's true. All right. They go back outside. What happens?
0: So what happens is they get back and the shrimp cocktail they've ordered has arrived. Who orders shrimp <laughs> at a bar? You you, you you freaks. Bunch of fucking freaks. <laughs> Um, so they come clean. They confess that Tim is actually the star of Tool Time and and Al is the co-star. And the women are not phased by it. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. And then Tim tells Donna that he's married. And Al explains that Tim has just been pretending that he's single so that he could, you know, help Al out and help him get back out there because he's coming off of a long relationship. Kathy is kind of
1: inexplicably Furious at it's, Al over yeah. this. It, it's a Deus ex machina moment. And that's not even no, that's not the right term. Uh, it's it's a it's a moments that like from there on in sitcom writing could go in whatever direction you want for the episode. Mm-hmm. Like it completely, as you said, is inexplicable to the character. Th- him saying that, that t- oh, Tim's just here helping me out would be reasonable for her to have the reaction she does, which is what I can't believe you lied to me blah 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 you lied to my best friend you think I would be you know kind to that and walk off leaving al with where he is in the episode. but I can easily see this have gone in the other direction where she's like, oh, that's so sweet I can't believe that and then like we're starting to follow a different trajectory of al dating someone now uh,
0: yeah, it was it's it just I don't know it's just odd to me because it's like, they talked for a couple hours the other night, they've met up again yep. tonight, and have been hanging out for a couple hours, and then, the, it's not like Al has been fundamentally lying about who he is, it's like, he is yep. the host of a popular, somewhat popular, not popular TV show, and the the fact that, oh, my, fr- I said my friend was married, but my friend isn't married... <laughs> Why does that affect it's, what he and Kathy have going on? I mean, Kathy can feel how yeah. she wants to feel. And, you know, if a man has lied to you up front, you should have some
1: suspicions. I'm just saying the response is not proportional. No, no, it's not. And I, I guess I, I wasn't articulate with my point, which is that this just feels like sitcom writing. Yes. It, and so their reaction we in need to either get them direction out. feels like sitcom writing. I don't think you can write something super, you know, um, authentic here. Because even Donna, you know, who is the one that should be upset about this for being lied to and let on a little bit, even though Tim Tim's played this coy <laughs> the yeah. entire time, right? Yeah. Although I guess, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a method of some people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, some people some people want to, like, uh, play hard to get. Hard to get, yeah. Um, But her reaction to it is just like, what she said before they went to the bathroom <laughs> of, her, of being so into the idea of anti-marriage and anti-kids doesn't quite gel with this idea of like, ew, you're married and yeah. you are here to go on a date. Like she's like somehow being you know hypocritical to herself, where yeah. she's anti-marriage but pro-monogamy. <laughs> but I don't know. There's it's very muddled the the, sh- the show the show may
0: as well have just opened up a, like a black hole and chucked both of these characters through it. They just needed
1: to get okay, all right. <laughs> they well, fell into the void. Yeah, they got consumed by a transition.
0: Yes, they, they yeah, they're 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 double dating with the grunt creep now. Um Yeah, it's I uh, mean, if you can't have L. Yeah, oh, yeah the grunt exactly. Creep. If you know, if you can't have L, you need to downgrade to the anthropomorphized uh uh title of the series that you're on. <laughs> yes. Um so they leave But uh, Tim cheers Al up by pointing out that Kathy liked him for a while, and Al reckons that this has been a good first step, and he's got his confidence back thanks to Tim, and also he learned something about spools,
1: and uh, then- Wait, 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 wait. Stell Al gets his groove back.
0: Ah! (laughs)
1: Landon-
0: you, you listen, I'm so glad that if I've accomplished anything in the many years you've been making this show, it's that I have finally infected you with the thing that is controlling me. <laughs> um, so no he- comment. Yeah, so that yeah, people getting infected with things also probably happened a lot at uh, singles bars. So uh, maybe it's good that they're that they don't exist anymore. So uh, Al then notices a woman looking at him from across the bar, uh, sitting alone at a table. She goes over to, or he goes over to her. You know, again, just that's what happens at singles bars. Just beautiful women sitting alone, nobody talking to them. <laughs> that happens a lot, uh,
1: constantly. Yep.
0: Um. And he says, hey, I'm Al Borland. Can I buy you a drink? And she says, oh, I don't drink. I mostly just build forts out of swizzle sticks. And sure enough, she's building a fort out of swizzle sticks. And Al turns to Tim and just gives him a huge thumbs up. And then Tim is sitting there at his table. And then the big dude from the bathroom comes over and sits down next to Tim and says, hello again. I'm Richard. Do you like jazz? Which is really funny. And Tim it is funny. downs his entire drink in one gulp. And Tim it's not presented as Tim being like horrified or nauseated by the fact that a gay man has approached him. So I'm going to count this as, as a win for equality. It's a
1: win. Um, let's go into, uh, a final two for character actor corner here. Uh, and I'm going to start with, um, with Richard, uh, the bald guy who sits down. He has 14 credits. Actually, home improvement is the last credit. Uh, he oh. has, um, he goes back to the TV show Alice. Um, one of the more befuddling <laughs> uh, credits here, it's not befuddling, but um, he's in a movie that I think is the most 80s movie that's ever 80s in, oh God. in the world. It's called Tape Heads. It's Tape. a John Cusack, Tim Robbins movie. About, that, it's an 80s cast two young guys who are getting into the music video game uh by putting together music videos on VHS and trying to sell them it's it's, it's, a, it's 80s it's big time 80s so okay. he's on that okay um the question is was he on ER I'm going to say no not on ER well no he wasn't on ER unless you count McGyve er ER
0: oh shit <laughs> He was, on, was MacGyver. on MacGyver. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, I one mean that doesn't credits. that doesn't count as ER, but that is pretty exciting to have have a MacGyver
1: character actor on our show. <laughs> I think we have a lot of them. I just don't ever mention them. Um, a MacGyver was on for a very long time. <laughs> it was. Yes. Um. Okay. The woman mm. Anastasia Sakellaris. <laughs> Anastasia Sakellaris. Are you? Sit- I don't even think that's the right nationality. Uh, are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. She is known for Austin Powers international man of mystery.
0: <laughs>
1: she is she plays a 60s model. I think she's either one of the models in the interstitials or she plays the model that's being painted on uh in mm. the first part of the movie the preface. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they go
0: when they go to the club where where they're looking for Dr. Evil and okay. I, yeah.
1: I, I also
0: I love that you have enough of a familiarity with Austin Powers that you can guess who this actress was in the
1: in the thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she has twenty seven credits. Um, that being one of the the biggest ones. Um, uh, I'm trying to see what else she might have been in. Silk stockings. Um, family Law. Uh, Don Quixote. According to Jim, she had an episode of. According to Jim. Oh, okay okay um was she on er i'm gonna say no she was not on er but she was in an episode of caroline in the city i should and you know what i should have said no baby no but i didn't so (laughs) i fucked it up okay okay character actors complete um you have anything to say about these these folks I mean, I they they.
0: I mean, look, Richard is great. I love I love his little bit there at the end. Uh, and I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm sorry that Anastasia uh, doesn't come back as a recurring dating character for <laughs> Al because I I did like the fact that he found some. I don't know. I would have liked it if this was the introduction of a new flame, the
1: Swizzle Stick Saga.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, uh, the the Swizzle i was trying to think of a, a word related to romance that starts with s and all i could think of was sex and i didn't want to say swizzle sex so that's <laughs> another glimpse into truman's process this is how funny i get at the end of the episode um oh lord okay yeah but that, well, that's all i that's that's all i've got you know it seems like al has got
1: his uh, yeah al's you've like you said he's got his groove back and tim's work here is done tim's work here is done and al's just beginning we go to two outtakes. Uh, Jill flubs a line. Tim flubs a line. It's all fun and jokes until somebody loses an I in the middle of a word and they have to start over. Yeah. Um Sherman Landon. <laughs> I meant like the letter I, not. Oh, not an okay, okay. Eyeball. I got you. <laughs> that, that was grisly <laughs> what, there for a second. What did What did we learn from this episode?
0: What we learned from this episode is that you shouldn't. You shouldn't judge yourself based on your ability to attract others, and you shouldn't try and hold yourself mm-hmm. up to a standard set by others, and the progress that other people mm-hmm. have made in their love lives does not reflect on you as a person, and yes. that that ultimately you shouldn't feel—it's uh, you, you it's not a race to be in a relationship, nor even is a relationship necessarily the end-all, be-all state of being, and that— You know, the fact that Al feels any pressure about this at all or any anxiety about this at all speaks more to the deficiency of the culture that we live in than any actual deficiency of Al's personality. That's what I learned. Thank you for saying that. I needed to hear that. Well, I, I mean, you know... I So mean, I appreciate it. Well, you're, you're welcome, Landon. I, I wholeheartedly believe it, too. So it's it's not even like those times <laughs> I, I say that I've learned things that I don't actually believe. This one is actually from the <laughs>
1: Truman Capp's Vault of Beliefs. Um, well, what did you learn this week? <laughs> you always turn that back on me, and I never have an answer. I don't know. I just want to be polite. Uh... Like, we're trying to have a dialogue here. I want to make sure you get a chance to represent your feelings. Oh, um... What did we learn from this episode? Representation is important. I need to see 40-year-olds entering the dating scene again, um, it's just to to feel like I'm not alone in the world. Yeah. Uh, it felt good to see that, and um, I just, uh, I, I learned that it's not how hard you fall, it's how hard you get up. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, I mean yes, just fra- phrasing on that.
1: <laughs> um that's all I got. Uh we have one more thing we do on this episode. Mhm. And it's usually called uh-huh? the Grant count. T- take a stab, Landon. How many do you think we had this week? Okay. So by your tone <laughs> And from this sinking fear I had after watching the episode and then going to get myself my little bowl of cottage cheese for dinner, uh, I had the sinking feeling that I think I feel like there might have been a grunt, but I would have guessed zero. So I'm a little torn. I mean, my guess I'm going to say is zero, but I'm going to I'm going to put the caveat that there's a little bit of doubt on that one. Well, Landon. I think what you have
0: learned this week is that you need to trust yourself because ding 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 ding, ding there were zero grunts in this
1: episode. <laughs> uh, wow, it, we were just one ER game off from getting a a, a, f- a full deck there. Yeah, yeah, on one one tulipas last season. Yeah, on the on the classic rule set. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we would you you wouldn't have
0: needed even to have changed the the rules to to let me win like we could have just won classically if only i had gotten that one guy's er appearance correct at least um yeah oh well, yeah yeah yeah
1: um i guess uh we'll we'll end up end this episode um well i mean I, one other thing you, sec-
0: secret word i mean well i was I, just gonna I, lead in that yeah okay i, I was well, gonna then, go go
1: you have any um uh, I'll make this as brief as possible. Do you have any, uh, did you have any moves? Were there any things that you did um, uh, when you were in the dating world? Uh, I mean, well, I had one move where I took, I mean, I
0: I was going on dates for a long time, and I took <laughs> dozens of women to the same bar uh, just uh-huh. because it was relatively, so, so I mean.
1: Familiarity.
0: Familiarity. Uh, let's (laughs) see, other moves, um, I don't know, my, I'm trying to think, like, if I had a move, I think my move was going on a on a first date, and then women telling me that they like me more as a friend. Uh, um, it's, it's a it's a classic move. Let me tell you, I've done that one myself a number of times. I, I mean, oh, there's there's another move of uh, putting a condom in your back pocket, and then that condom being in there for so long that then you check the expiration date and see that it expired like a year ago, but it wasn't even an issue because you're only checking out of general curiosity, and there was no need to use that condom in the time that you had it there (laughs) or any of those Uh the secret word Uh (laughs) Um, getting closer (laughs) one of my moves i think would be i would like i would sit down to scroll through the dating sites all excited to potentially find a mate and then after Mm -hmm. 90 seconds of doing it become so cripplingly depressed that i would shut my laptop and i have to just lie down
1: um that's uh that's still how dating is by the way um Uh, let's see, awkward hugging. I'm leading you down, I'm leading you down the wrong road here. Because this this? is not, I I already know. know, this isn't a move of yours. Okay, what's the move? Uh, the secret word this week was negging. Oh, yeah, negging. No, didn't do that. I mean,
0: that shit, that's... I pro- mm, yeah I would have you, you were trying to talk about the you, pickup you, artist you community were, I I was dancing around it I was close you you were real close at one point saying playing it cold <laughs> playing it cold yeah mm. <laughs> sorry gang so you all you all could have saved some money on Patreon but uh, I did I just I'm not. <sighs> I was going I didn't you know, get it this week. That's okay. No, it's should I should have. Right. I should have read the game more recently. Um, you know, I, I <laughs> no, should. No, you shouldn't. Have. I. You know, maybe I'm. You know, maybe maybe I'm negging our <laughs> that, patrons. That book belongs in two thousand three.
1: It, no, it should stay there forever.
0: It should. I think I learned like one good thing about how to be like about conversational, just like how how to be a good conversationalist like from it and everything else in it was trash. Everyone,
1: don't don't read the game. (laughs) All right, let's end this episode um, by announcing uh, some details here uh, of our upcoming live bonus episode. Live show. This is gonna be a bit of a special one and we're ready to announce some details about it. We will be doing it live as we've done our live episodes in the past on our Discord channel, which anybody uh, can come and watch. But, uh, if you want to hear it, you have to be there for it live. Uh, otherwise it's only going to be, um, put out on our patron. So I guess if you really want to hear it, be there live or join our patron.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the choice is yours um, gang. If you, or if you want to, if you want to hear it, be there live. And then if you want to hear it again, after the fact, then you have to join our patron. Like, uh,
1: and see, do it see how own. we actually edit this shit together. Uh, messily so here are the sloppily. details if 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 that isn't <laughs> if, if this isn't a hard sell then uh let me give you some details about it a important information it will be on sunday february 13th that's about a month from now so set your calendars um, we didn't decide on a time earlier, but uh, we've usually been doing noon uh, noon Eastern time. Does that work for you, Sherman? Uh, uh, n- noon Eastern, so that would be 9. Or noon Central. Yeah, so no- noon Central. That would be 10 oh. your time, uh, 1 Eastern time. Yeah, that, that works. I can do that. I can make that happen. 10, one, ten o'clock, one, uh, if you want, on the West Coast, 1 o'clock on the East Coast. Join us on our Discord, February 13th. That's a Sunday. Here's... What we're going to do, folks, uh, this is what is going to make this bonus episode so special. We are going to watch Soul Man. Soul uh, Man. The pilot episode of Soul Man, the Dan Aykroyd show.
0: But we're going to watch it
1: together. Yes, that's right. Join us live to watch the pilot episode of Soul Man with us while we then record our notes and episode uh, following our thoughts uh, following Um, us watching the episode live. So uh, it'll be a very special thing we haven't done before. We're excited to watch this with all of you. Um, Yes. Especially after being introduced to Reverend Mike Weber uh, a couple episodes ago.
0: One of the most memorable
1: and indelible characters in TV (laughs) history, Reverend Mike Weber. (laughs) Uh, So join us Sunday, February 13th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m., eastern to watch soul man here on Gruntwork. nothing like listening to looking at the soul man
0: on a sunday morning that's as god intended hey, yeah. you know yeah uh, i did that
1: intentionally we, we planned it that um, way folks <laughs> if you want to uh join our discord you can do that uh our links are on our twitter instagram uh website and um Or on our Patreon, And uh, let me just transition very smoothly. No one notices the difference. Truman edit all this out. Completely seamless. (laughs) Uh, Gruntwork is made possible by our patrons. And if you enjoyed today's episode and want to help us create the show, uh, consider becoming an official Grunthead sponsor over at patreon.com slash gruntworkpod, where for as little as a dollar, you can get access to our entire Gruntwork Nights archive. Leave us a rating review wherever you listen to podcasts because it's the fastest, easiest way to get us in front of other people. Stop by to say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram at Pod, or visit our website at www.gruntworkpodcast.com. Where you can see information on today's episode and sign up for our weekly newsletter to be notified whenever a new episode is released. I feel like I'm becoming a... uh, uh announcer at a disney ride every time i do this (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna fire a cap gun at an animatronic hippo next keep your hands and feet inside at all times until next week when we bring you another episode of home improvement i've been Landon solano
0: i've been truman caps and remember if you go on a lackluster first date with someone and it's clear that neither one of you are feeling it you don't have to feel guilty about not texting them if they don't text you you can just let it slide and move on it's not ghosting and no one should guilt you for it okay